episode 113 without a Seahawks game to review. Yeah, I'm not sweating like I normally am when I come over here. <laughs> it was sort of nice not hyperventilating for three hours of my life on a Sunday. I was thinking that without a Seahawks game to really concentrate on, we could just goof off a little bit on episode 113, and it feels good. And then, and then I realized, hold on a second, didn't we goof off for like eight months without, <laughs> forget Seahawks games, yeah. like six months without any sports whatsoever we goofed off. <laughs> Was right? I talking about marble racing at one point <laughs> on this podcast? So, yeah. so I said to you, I have some audio that I wanted to kick off 113 before we even start just to get you chuckling. Yeah. And you came right in here and it said, oh, my God. So do I. So who goes first? Do you want to go first? You want to, you go first. You want me to go first? You're the visitor. You call the you call the toss. <laughs> right. You call tails. It's oh, tails. Tavares Jackson, the okay. greatest caller of all time. That's what they say. Rest in peace, by the way. <laughs> Isn't it weird that Tavares Jackson passed away? Yeah, I know. <sighs> anyway, I didn't mean to bring the show down. All right. So I had <laughs> right I, out of the gate. So we were talking a little bit about Craig Carton. His name's Craig, right? Yeah. With Boomer and Carton. And well, I told you that Craig Carton is a guy that I went to college with. Yeah, yeah. And he was two years younger, is two years younger than me. He became a big star in New York on WFAN in New York and did the morning show and then got into some real troubles, had some real personal problems, ended up in jail for six months or eight months for fraud and has just been released. And they did a documentary on HBO. And I recommended that you go watch the documentary because it has a lot of the documentary has a lot of kind of layers that I know you're interested (laughs) in. Yeah, it's gambling, it's radio, it's sports. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So I did a little digging and I, I didn't know that they're actually coming out with a wild card. Two, I don't know if you knew this or not. Well, you you made this joke verbally, <laughs> and I didn't like it that much on one twelve. Someone tweeted me and said that Mitch just zoomed right by. No, that no I didn't me. zoom by it. I heard it. I heard it. I didn't love it. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead if okay. you if you want to. So wild so card. Now, two. So so now I gave you no reaction to the verbal. Yeah. Jab. Now you've said okay. You're gonna give me no reaction to the verbal <laughs> jab. Now I'm gonna actually do a piece on this. <laughs> well. Don't you need something to do over there, you and Piper and, and the crew? I hope you take this in the spirit in which I intended it. It's all in and, the name how, of comedy. And how did you intend uh, it? Funny. I hope you get a chuckle out of it. Okay. Yeah, maybe you'll hear some friends of the show chiming in. Okay. And it, maybe it's a reaction. Do I have to laugh? No, you don't have to laugh. Do I have to include it? I guess I have to include Just it. Just know the listeners are going to love it. Just know they're going to You know it. that for no, sure. They're not going to be sensey poo about this. They're going to like it more than you, I think. All right, you ready? Okay, okay. It's, it's a new movie. I'm excited for the movie. Okay, so here's okay. the trailer for Wild Card 2. Okay. Mitch Levy found himself in some hot water. Some conspiracy theorists out there that think that this has to do with the uh, unbelievable love affair with Mitch. It just makes me sick to my stomach. It is a convoluted mess that's going to come to a screeching halt. I want to deeply apologize to every listener who I disappointed. There was a stretch when people talked about Mitch like he was elite. And when that was the case, I would submit to you that he was overrated. I think Mitch was a little bit embarrassing. So I wish Mitch would tell me what his plan B is. But I'm sure John Schneider wishes that as well. With his future in radio, uncertain. It's not going in a positive direction anymore, and it's it's regressing. It's not just sort of a healthy competitive tension anymore. It's kind of a, this guy might be holding me back. That guy is holding me back. Why is this dude on the staff? Look, it's 
business. It's business. Way more of that than in the past. We're giving this cat $36 million a year now. We got to be better than this. <laughs> I was a little surprised, yeah. But at the same time, you take the bad Brady. with the good. Check it makes me glad that I am no longer a fan. But really, I think it was the Brady. right decision. That decision to basically wave the white flag. So Mitch Unfiltered was born. And here we go. So back to his first two loves. Talking sports. They totally forget there is no law against sticking a running play in there. And betting on sports. They were laying 12 and a half. I think they won by 14. Wild card two. One man's journey (laughs) through mistakes, podcasts, Uh, and redemption. It's called Unfiltered, and we look forward to being with everybody. Wild card two. Coming soon on Betamax, Laserdisc, <laughs> and the Public Library System. Is that you? It yeah. really looks like the arrow is still pointing way, way up for him. Aww. Wild Card 2. Well, well, well. Here we go. Don't take good care. Oh, gosh. There you go. Wow. Who doesn't want to see that movie? Wow. I don't know whether to be completely offended by that. <laughs> or appreciate the work, maybe appreciate a little bit. Appreciate the work. Yeah, all I right. Mean, how long did that take you? You don't want to know. It's ridiculous. Wait a second. That first, I got lots of questions. Okay, go on. Because at first, when I started hearing the voices, I was like, "Did he call Peter King and Rick Neuheisel to participate <laughs> on this thing?" Well, I'm glad you think that. And then I realized, and then I started hearing audio that clearly was taken from previous shows. Yeah, yeah. So then I started thinking, well, maybe he didn't. That that's got to be like. How did you do that? I mean, that's inc- and that's your voice. That doesn't even sound like you. Would you just slow down your voice? Well, I, I changed the pitch down to like negative thirteen or something. So yeah, I changed. I was gonna have Piper voice it. <laughs> I thought it would have been funny for some reason, but she didn't want to do it. So yeah, I didn't want my voice in it. So yeah, do you think you think I called Peter and Brady and Rick? No, but to at, set up, no, no, no. At, at, <laughs> but at first, well, who's that? Like Neuheisel. Yeah, Neuheisel kicked sound, it off. It sounded like Neuheisel like did this with you off on the side. Well, that's good to know. I didn't know if because you have to like write a narrative too, like oh if it makes God. sense. Lock and Fora though. I thought Lock and Fora talking about talking that about is incredibly creative, and I hate <laughs> your effing guts. <laughs> I can't remember oh the name God. of the one guy. Is it Bucky Brooks or Bucky? No, Brooks, something, I don't know. I can't remember his name. The guy that he said at first Mitch was elite. Oh. But then I thought he was overrated. Oh. I can't remember his name. Not a guest on our show. Yeah, he was a guest on the show. I don't think it was Bucky Brooks then. And maybe I got the I wrong don't think name. Bucky Brooks has been on the... He's a football... Ross Tucker. Is he football? Yes, Ross Tucker. That's yeah. right. Ro- yeah, yeah, Ross Tucker. What'd you do? You went through all of our old shows? Was... Did you click play on all of them? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I did. That's all you think you think about. <laughs> I love did I Ross. Did I get the credit? Did uh, we get the credit? Ross calling you... At, at, at one point, people thought Mitch was elite. This is him talking okay. about Eli Manning. Now, and I... <laughs> okay, just for the listeners that don't get this, I had never heard it tell them this is the first time yeah. i had to i had to trust that this was going to be okay and i yeah. was a little nervous you should have been yeah i kind of want to hear it again sure i'm ready yeah yeah to take it now that you kind of know what it is just okay. now that i understand that i'd actually like to concentrate on it because i didn't know where you were going <laughs> all you said to me coming in is i've done something that and you kept on saying over and over again before we started i hope you take this the yeah, right I, way i was nervous Some, about when it. somebody says to you yeah. i hope you take this the right way <laughs> go the four way. times it feels like uh-oh yeah. I, I, i'm in huge sh- can i just hear it one more time sure. i'll hear it one more time go ahead play it again sam Mitch Levy found himself in some hot water. Some conspiracy theorists out there that think that this has to do with the uh, unbelievable love affair with Mitch. It just makes me sick to my stomach. What it is a combo. 
I, I, no, so who's the second voice? He's talking about the N, the NCAA trying to play games during the pandemic. It's a mess. Yeah, and but I, he said Mitch. Well, I edited out him saying Mitch oh at one my point. God, it was so good. So who's the second voice? That's the Ross Tucker guy. Oh, okay. That's so Ross it, Tucker. It, it goes, almost sounds like softy. It goes okay. new. Softy. It goes <laughs> Neuheisel, you, I think, and then Ross Tucker's the one that says you used to be elite. Okay, go ahead. Mitch go used ahead. to be elite. I'll start it over. I thought it said maybe Mitch maybe Lee safe. found himself in some hot water. Some conspiracy theorists out there that think that this has to do with the uh, unbelievable love affair with Mitch. It just makes me sick to my stomach. It is a convoluted that's mess. That's going to come to yeah. a screeching halt. I want to deeply apologize to yeah. every yeah. listener like who I disappointed. There Ross. was a stretch when people talked about Mitch. Like he was elite. And when that was the case, I would submit to you that he was overrated. I I think Mitch was a little bit embarrassing. So I wish Mitch would tell me what his plan B is. But I'm sure John Schneider wishes that as well. I don't know why. It's not going in a positive direction anymore. And it's it's regressing. It's not just sort of a healthy competitive tension anymore. It's kind of a, this guy might be holding me back. That guy is holding me back. Why is this dude on the staff? Look, it's business. It's business. Way more of that than in the past. We're giving this cat $36 million a year now. We got to be better. I was a little surprised, yeah. But at the same time, Brady. you take the bad with the good. It makes me glad that I am no longer a fan. But really, I think it was the right decision. That decision to basically wave the white flag. So Mitch Unfiltered was born. And here we go. So back to his first two loves. Talking sports. They totally forget there is no law against sticking a running play in there. And betting on sports. They were laying 12 and a half. I think they won by 14. Wild Card 2. One Man's Journey Through Mistakes Podcasts and Redemption. It's called Unfiltered and we look forward to being with everybody. Wild Card 2. Incredible work. Coming soon on Betamax. Incredible. Laserdisc and the public library system. It really looks like the arrow is still pointing way, way up for him. Wild Card 2. Well, well, well. Here we go. (laughs) My God. All right, go ahead. Tell us how much work did it take? Well, I, you don't want to know. It was too okay, much. Okay, you, you hadn't started when I saw you last for 112P. No, I got the idea on the way home, and then I ran home Friday afternoon. and yeah. mess, I put a version together, and then I listened to it Saturday Did morning. Did Piper lose a dad for yeah. a couple of days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I obsess over this stuff. Okay, like, okay. Yeah, well, I want the it's, levels. It's and, really good. Well, thank you. I appreciate I it. I think. I'll be I'll be very interested to hear from the uh, the peanut gallery. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I, I, I but now how do I? I just had some fun audio that I found. Let's it's not it. even funny. It's not even. I mean, it's that's that's like that's cast a very big shadow. I just I just thought because we don't have a um, we don't have a Seahawks game to talk yeah. about that we goof around and I I posted some audio on Twitter. From a uh, uh, a television station, I think in Springfield, Missouri. Okay. I don't know if you saw this. I didn't. Um, let me get the name of the the lady. The name of the lady is Lisa. This is Lisa Rose. All right. For, for me, for me, there's not much better in terms of bloopers than when you get newscasters that crack up and they can't contain themselves. That's right. Uh, I love it too. It's great. We've seen it yeah. a billion times, right? Yep. When something goes haywire, it just they, hits them they weird start laughing, yeah. and, they, and they're on live TV, like the local, local. So this is <laughs> Springfield, Missouri. This is Lisa Rose reading the story, and Ethan Forhetz is the main anchor that's sitting next to her 
waiting, uh, waiting for her to read this story. Right. Okay. Moments for customers at a Kansas Home Depot. Police responded to reports of a bomb threat at the store in Wichita. A customer alerted employees. A man inside the bathroom said there was a bomb in the building. Police were able to locate the man responsible for those comments. And that man told police he warned other guests to leave the restroom because he was, quote, uh, fixing to blow it up, but had no intention of causing a panic. Man also told police others in the room laughed, understanding his joke, which... I'm just now getting. <laughs> Home Depot says they will not be pressing charges. But I can tell you right now, you asked the producer for me to read that, didn't you? <laughs> to Ethan now, please. No. Are we going to have to go to a commercial? No, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. <laughs> when I was a kid, my sister and I would be at the dinner table and we'd be laughing and my parents are getting upset about it. Yeah. But, but that makes you laugh yeah. more. Like, you can't control yourself. Oh, my gosh, that's funny. They, they made her do it because they knew it would, it would have an effect on her. That's amazing. She's just reading the story right. having no idea. Right, right. That the, uh, yeah. I feel sorry. Scare. The poor guy. I'm going to blow this place <laughs> up. Oh, man. How embarrassing. I don't know why I love it so <laughs> it's much. It's great. I love I that like clip. yours better. But I, <laughs> that, I've, I've watched that. It's funny because I've now watched that clip of that newscast. Yeah. Like. Maybe 50 times yeah. in the last week. I keep watching it. Yeah. And I know exactly what she's going to say. I love it when she starts, <laughs> when she when it dawns on her, yeah. the joke dawns on her. That's the best. And he's laughing off on the side. And yeah. it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it, it didn't hit her at first, anyway. did it? <laughs> no. Episode 113, subscribe to our podcast on any of the major platforms. I listen on Apple Podcasts. You can do it anywhere you want. $5 to become a Mitch Unfiltered patron. Sign up at MitchUnfiltered.com. Patrons, by the way, just a few more weeks of the half-price Seahawks gear yep. through the Seattle Shirt Company. You can check the Patreon site or just email me, and I'll give you the special discount code if you're a patron. It slices all Seahawks paraphernalia in half. There's literally 200, over 200 items, I think. Yep. I think there's over 200 Seahawks items, all half price for patrons if you have the code. So go to Patreon or email me. I'll give you the the code. How'd you do in the beat? Oh, the beat the boys is only, as, as we're recording the. As we're recording this, the look that I just got, the Beat the Boys presented by the Fireside Home Solutions people are only, it's only one game in. We're only one game in. The Buccaneers and the Packers. So I, I stopped being cute. I'm yeah. picking an undefeated team. They look amazing. <laughs> I mean, you're telling me that, that Aaron Rodgers is having the same kind of year as Russell Wilson. Oh, no. The Packers are a one seed, oh, perhaps. No. You took Tampa, which is fine. Wait, took no, no, you took, you took Green Bay. I took Tampa. Okay. Which is fine. We cancel each other out. Yeah, then, I guess I had decided to take Tampa, and I Ugh. and I also decided to do something that everybody has thought we should have been doing since the beginning, but we haven't. Okay. And I sent you a text before the game started, before the picks needed to be submitted, and I asked you what. What was the text? Who I took in the Green Bay Tampa Bay. And game. I, uh, knowing that I had Tampa, I was like, okay, if he's got Tampa, also. I'm changing my pick to Green Bay before I go oh. pick up Max at the University of Washington. Before 10 a.m. I was hits. on my way to go pick up Max at the University of Washington. I was like, if he's got, if he's got Tampa like me, yeah. we're in that game. We're going to be opposites. One of us is going to get it right, and one of it's going to get it wrong. Yeah. And you said Green Bay, so I didn't have to check, change anything. They're four so zero. They're undefeated. Not anymore. What? What made you <laughs> think that, that Tom Brady was going to win just, that game? I just. Well, 
Come on. All right. What makes anyone think, I guess, when you bet? The Bucs are good. They're very good. A lot of of people think that they could go deep into the playoffs. They're playing at home, even though there's no real fans there. It's Tom Brady. The the Packers are due to lose at some point. They're going to lose just like the Seahawks are going to (sighs) lose. Of all and the, and so so I'm one to know. Of all the I Tom some Brady on some people. And <laughs> you, I gained some ground on you <laughs> yeah, too. Thank you. Maybe you should give the gifts out, the of, prizes out. Of all the Tom Brady talk, I I really don't think that Gronkowski gets enough love and it kills me to say that cuz uh, didn't that guy take a year off? Yeah, but I don't from think he, I don't think he's been very good this year though. Just just to smoke weed and go to Vegas? Yeah, I don't think he's been very good but though this year. He caught a touchdown today. Yeah. I mean, I saw that. He well, wouldn't be today. It would have been when it would have been on Sunday. Yeah, it was on Sunday. <laughs> How is he good again? I don't understand right, it. So Bucks and Packers is in the books. Who do you have on the Rams Niners? That's a great question. I'm gonna I know who you have. You have I sent it to you. You have the Rams. Yep. And then you have the Chiefs. Okay. So we're the same on the next two. Okay. Which may not be a great idea. Yeah. But we're the same on the next two. It's Beat the Boys presented by Fireside Home Solutions. And you know what I need to do right now before we go forward with episode one hundred and thirteen? I need to give the code word. For next week in the game. So the games next week that I have chosen, okay. the three games that you have to choose in the in the Beat the Boys competition, Steelers at Titans. I believe a battle of two undefeated teams. I think it's 5-0 versus 5-0 or 5-0 versus 4-0. Okay. Both teams survived on Sunday. So Steelers at Titans is game one. Bucks at Raiders. So Tampa Bay now turns around after beating Green Bay and goes out to face the Raiders in Las Vegas and the Browns at the Bengals. You need to pick the winner oh. of those three games. <laughs> okay. But you need the code word to do so. Okay. And I was having trouble being creative to come up with a code word so I just came up with a code word of my favorite guests maybe ever in the history of our radio show on KJR. Bino. Gotcha. Do you remember Bino? Yeah, I was... I was with you in 96 when you first started having him on, when you okay. got the morning show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. B-E-A-N-O is the way you spell Bino. Bino Cook was one of my all-time faves. May he rest in peace. And he loved this time of year more than anything, college football, when everything really mattered. Yeah. Bino is the code word to be able to make the picks in weekend number seven of the Beat the Boys presented by Fireside Home Solutions. And remember, remember that... Football season is always fireplace season. And if you're looking or you're in the market or you're thinking about a new fireplace, start your search at FiresideHomeSolutions.com. Code word, Bino. Not case sensitive, by the way, Bino. Not You want to ask me or you want to tell me? Well, I, I, after five weeks, I just assume. <laughs> but Mitch, is Bino case sensitive? It's not. Gotcha. All right. You can do little, you can do big. All right. Uh, our guests... We've decided to do something different. As you know from being a patron, every week for the patrons, we do something called the Seahawks No Table. That's right. Because I used to do something called the Seahawks Round Table. I started, I think they still do it on the morning show on KJR. We don't have a table and we're not together, so I call it the Seahawks No Table. Joe Fan and Brady Henderson and I, every week for patrons on like Friday, We jump into all the Seahawks stuff, and we preview the next game with a guest. We have a guest come on with us. Oh, great. We do a Zoom. We do a whole thing. I figured since we were at a bye week, instead of making that a patron segment, we would just have the Seahawks no table on the regular episode of Mitch Unfiltered, episode 113. So that will be that will be segment number one, interview segment number one, the Seahawks No Table. Okay? I may or may not have pulled some audio from the last Seahawks No Table, or at least I tried. I tried. I was listening to it to see if I could I, get something I, for the movie it trailer. It sounded like you did. It sounded like. <laughs> Rick Neuheisel will be our guest, all brought to you by Taco Time Northwest, which reminds you to order ahead with the Taco Time Northwest app. 
And Dr. Eric Ding is back in up on episode 103. Remember Dr. Eric Ding? I follow him on Twitter now. H- haven't uh, haven't visited with him in a couple of months. An update on COVID, his thoughts, winter. Are we ever going to get the kids back in school, back mm. in sports, the race for the vaccine? Yeah. Is it okay to travel? My wife really wants to travel home to D.C. We're putting together a big trip next summer to Europe. Oh. We don't know whether we can go, whether we can't go. Our airline's safe, our airport's safe, yeah. our hotel's safe. Dr. Eric Ding makes his return to Mitch Unfiltered on this here episode 113. I can't wait to listen. I'm going to Idaho in a couple of weeks. I want to know what's going on and what I should be doing, so I can't wait to listen. Plus, you and me in the first segment and in the last segment, the other stuff segment. That's right. I may or may not have a fun game for you, too, coming up. I may or may not have something for you. Get ready. couple of words about our sponsors before we start Zeke's Pizza. 17 locations open, all of them. President Dan Black will tell you on this show about the two more that are on the way. Do what the Levies do. Download the Zeke's Pizza app, and then with a few clicks, pizza and the best selection of craft beer in the Northwest will be at your door. I've been amazed at how quickly the doorbell rings after a Zeke's Pizza order homegrown in the Northwest. Daniel's Broiler, more and more people are returning to our favorite steakhouse to celebrate special occasions. The South Lake Union location has joined Les Shy in offering $40 bottles of Vouve, Clicquot, Champagne, regularly $145 to celebrate Daniel's 40th birthday, pick up delivery, or safely dine in with Daniel's Broiler, a world-class steakhouse. The Kirkland office at Gill Mortgage, 425 250 3150, a five to seven minute chat with either Jordan Flowers or a member of his team at the Kirkland office at Guild Mortgage could get you 2.6%, 2.6% standard rate reduction, 3% on cash out refis. There's a reason this is the hottest time in the mortgage business. The world is restructuring their debt and saving a lot of money. Evergreen Golf Call. Start with the free newsletter at evergreengk.com. CEO Tyler Hay will be back with us here on 113 to talk about the acquisition of an accounting firm as an additional layer to the services they provide their clients and to gloat about his Lakers and Seahawks picks. Evergreen Golf Call, a premier wealth manager in the Northwest. This is Episode 113, the bye week for the Seahawks. It starts right now. Unfiltered. I am intrigued. I want to support them, but I think it's going to be, at least for the first few games, unless they suck right out of the gate like the Tampa Bay Bucks of 1977 or the Seattle Seahawks, I think it's going to be very difficult to get tickets. It's going to be costly. Yeah, people are into it, especially with no NBA. They sold out in like what? Like season tickets sold out in like eight minutes? Right. Unfiltered. I don't dislike LeBron, but I don't love LeBron for some reason. I'm kind of in the middle on him. I kind of like him, but not love him. And I love Look for reasons to kind of give them the business. Is this a good look? Not only building something like that, but then filming it and sending it. Out. We're, uh, we're in the yeah. middle of a pandemic. People are losing. You lost your job, right? Yeah, sure. People are losing their jobs. People are are trying to make ends meet. And he's sending out, hey, look at what I built my, my 12-year-old in the backyard, a home. Mitch is unfiltered. Episode 113, Hotshot Scott, is now officially underway. Yeah, I'm not sweating. I'm not pa- freaked out. I'm not... In three, two, and one. And episode 113, Hotshot Scott, is now officially underway. We're not 
stressed out over mm-hmm. a close call Seahawks win or loss. It's a bye week, <laughs> so we get to just kind of let our hair down and have fun. My blood pressure is probably where it should be, which is a good sign as opposed to every other Sunday in my yes. life. Yes. By the way, quick quick side note. Yeah. I saw the Vikings lose again. Yeah. And now to our the Falcons. How does how do you feel if you're Dan Quinn? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you coach them five games, they can't even compete with anybody. Yeah. You get canned. And then the team that nearly beat the Seahawks the week previous is at home against the Falcons, and your former team now puts like 40-45 on the board and blows out the Vikings in Minneapolis. How do you feel about it? Dan's like, where the hell were you guys (laughs) the past five weeks? Goodness gracious. I don't know. But now I'm getting excited for the the Ngakwe potential thing that maybe, you know, Lock and Forest City might be available. Yeah, that was a P episode now. You're spilling the beans to the guys that don't pay the five bucks, the cheapskates out there that don't pay the five bucks. But yes, yes, the more Minnesota loses, I think the better. He may or may not be available. Yeah. And I know of a team... That's somewhere in the area that could use a pass rusher. Oh, just one team you know of? Oh, okay. That's yeah, good. I yeah, know yeah. one team yeah. that I'm concerned about Okay, that, that could yeah. use a pass, pass rusher. So we have a number of different guests. Well, we have the three guests. We have the Seahawks no table. I think people will get a kick out of the Seahawks no table because it's a kind of a fun three stooges. We have fun at each yeah. other's expense. Good. We talk about the Seahawks, but we prod one another, yep. Joe Fan and, and, and Brady and myself. So we'll do that. And then we've got uh, Rick Neuheisel and then we've got Dr. Eric Ding. But I know you, you have been waiting. You have been waiting. You put something on our, on our table or something. Remind me how this, where, where the, the birth of this. So as you know, I'm always, ha- I always have an old NFL game on while I'm at my desk, while I'm working or an old NFL game. Yeah. Or old, old NBA. I just always, yeah. I have something on. Old- you like the, you, College basketball, college football. Keith Jackson was a big part of my quarantine. A little hint for our listeners about Hot Shot Scott. <laughs> oh boy. He doesn't watch the games when they're on now. No. He waits 20 years and then watches. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I make sure my team wins and I'm too scarred. So I had a game yeah. on from 1983. The Seahawks are at St. Louis, the St. Louis Cardinals then. Yes. Seahawks are in the AFC. They are in the AFC. Great so- games. Great moments on NBC. That's when NBC was my football network. I loved NBC. Okay. A lot more than everybody else did. The main network in those days, you know, was CBS with Brett Musburger, the NFL Today Show. They had the NFC package. The NFC package was always much more prestigious than the AFC package. Hmm. So the, the, Why is that? Cowboys, the, Washington? Yes, you had Chicago. Okay. You had the New York team. The Jets aren't the New York team. The Giants are. Yeah. So you had the, the New York team. You had the Chicago Bears. You had the NFC East, the Washington-Dallas tradition. Yeah, yeah. The NFC package was always the thing. And in those days, the quality of CBS was better. The announcers were better. You had John Madden. Their NFL Today show of Phyllis George and Irv Cross. Everybody swore by CBS in those days because they had, CBS did, the NFC package. Okay. I was a Dolphins fan. You were... Seahawks. A Seahawks yeah. fan. If you were an AFC fan, you were you you were more of a an NBC Live, like the the, the pregame show that was on NBC that yeah. wasn't quite as good, and and you were more of a you know Dick Enberg, Enberg Merlin, Merlin Olson, Olson yep. and Charlie Jones, <laughs> right. and, and Tom Hammond. I don't I don't know. I'm 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 making guys up now. <laughs> Tom uh, but, uh, Rosie Gray. I don't know. I, there, were, there were a lot of the, you were more of an NBC oh, yeah, guy because they sure. had the AFC package. That's right. right. So. Anyway, so I have this game on, and it starts out with the the NFL pregame studio show, okay? Which went opposite of the one I'm telling you. Da-da. That's right. The CBS one was 
da 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 That's right. Yep, yep. And Musburger would do, you are looking live right. at a sold-out Soldier Field. And by the way, that was when those things went on at 12.30 Eastern, 9.30 Pacific, when those pregame shows went on without ESPN, there were no ESPNs. And yeah. That was like... That was it. I mean, you're glued. You, you were in front. I was running home from Sunday school, from Hebrew school, okay. to get there for 1230 <laughs> to see... While he did You Are Looking Live, and they show you a picture from the goalpost yeah. angle of Soldier Field, I was watching NBC because it was, it, was, it, was, uh, it was the AFC package. They would do great games, great moments on NBC, and they'd show you like three old clips from like 1970 of games that were actually being played that day. So in other words, if if the Jets and the Dolphins were playing that day, they would say great games, great moments on yeah. NBC and they would show you a clip of like a Jets Dolphins clip from like 1979, 1980. That's the way they kicked it off. I loved it. Okay. I just loved it. Well, I'm I'm glad you love it because love I was it. watching this. They had five men on the pregame show. I had heard of one of them. And I'm going to give you this name. So, how have you in 1983? Yeah. I didn't know any. That's why. That, that's why I was surprised. Well, I didn't you know. were young. You were nine. I was nine. Nine. So one well, of them. You're talking about when I'm sixteen. Well, so you, I'm curious. This is my wheelhouse. Okay, well, I said to myself, I wonder how many out of five Mitch could get that I'll remember. Yeah, but just okay. by hearing their I have, voice. Oh, I, you're not asking me to. Okay. To yeah, you're going to hear their voice. Oh, but I, I'm. I should get them all. But you're going to get a bonus one. You're going to get a Mod Rashad because he doesn't speak. I'm going to give you a Mod Rashad. So now, now you're, you're, you're one for one. The only issue that I have before I play this game <laughs> you have an is, issue well, the only issue is that, it, here's the thing, NBC changed them all the time. Are you backtracking? No, 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 no. Right. I'm gonna, if you're going to give me the voices, I'm going to get them right. Okay. I'm going to get them right. right. But I think. Um, <laughs> but, but like when CBS did it with Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek and Phyllis George and Irv Cross... They, year to year to year, they, they didn't make many changes. NBC was the fledgling network. They were the, and so they changed them. Oh, they gotcha. were trying to catch up with, with, yeah. with the NFL today. So they would change they their want to host. find their new star. They were yeah. always changing. They were always changing. So I don't know which, I don't remember 83 from 82 or 81. Right. But go ahead if you All want right. to. I'll play the game with you. So creatively enough, the name of the show is NFL 83. Okay. That's the name they decided to okay. go with. Okay. And it's, so I'm going to play this. And I left a little something in at the beginning for our Seattle people because they're going to remember this name. Okay. Lou Gello Sports. King 5 News tonight. Lou Gello. These letters spell the very best in sports coverage. NBC Sports presents NFL 83. You're going to love this. We get set to kick off week 11. And today it's a battle in the AFC East. Is Miami leading the division with four straight wins? Yes. Rookie quarterback Dan four Marino. Straight. Take on the New England Patriots and their explosive young running back. This is just a bonus question. Their explosive young running back in 1983. I, I don't think I would have got it. I'm curious if you'll get it. Tony Collins. All right, let me. Craig see. James. All right, I'm going to need a guess from you. Well, the Patriots had two running backs in '83. I would think that both of those. Guys, I'll say Tony Collins because okay. he was more. Spell the very best in sports coverage. NBC Sports presents NFL '83. We get oh, set to kick off so Week great. 11, oh. and today it's a battle in the AFC East. Is Miami leading the division with four straight wins behind rookie quarterback Dan Marino? Take on the New England Patriots and their explosive young running back Tony Collins. Ah. Oh, the Buffalo go. Bills, the New York Jets. Buffalo, one game behind Miami. Today, the 6-4 and four Bills will try to avenge the loss five weeks ago to Mark Gastineau and the Jets. The leading rusher in the AFC, rookie Kurt Warner. Oh, listen, listen to that one. Oh, the, Kurt the, Warner. Who's the leading rusher in the AFC? Oh. Tony Collins. Yeah. Or the Buffalo go. Bills, the New York Jets. Buffalo, one game behind Miami. Today, 
six and four Bills will try this to avenge the loss by Nobody six cares except for me. <laughs> I love it. We're losing people. Leading rusher in the AFC is rookie Kurt Warner. Today he leads the Seahawks in against the Cardinals, plus Pittsburgh and Baltimore, Houston and Cincinnati. We kick off NFL 83. Oh. All right. That is awesome. So here we go. You're, so what's the question? The question is, this first voice I'm going to play for you. Yes. This is the studio host. Oh, God. If I, I, this is, I should quit if I don't get these right. By the way. <laughs> well, you were 16. I was like, sick. This yeah. is exactly. And I, was, and I wanted to be a sportscaster. I probably wanted to be these guys. Okay. Are okay, you ready ahead, for go, your first go, voice? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sweating. Who would have thought that with Cliff's out at quarterback Easy. and not Len Berman? Boom. Went to Syracuse University. Ooh, you might do better than I He's thought. He's an SU grad. He's a Newhouse School of Communications guy. Len you're, Berman. You're yeah. two for two. You got three no, more to go. No, no problem. All, All right. right. With Cliff Stout at quarterback and not Cliff much of a Stout, passing no. game, the Steelers will be running away with it. There are some close races going on. Things have gotten awfully tied in the AFC East. We'll take second. a close look at the conference's toughest division and how things stack up now down the stretch. That's your second voice. Would you like to hear it again? Oh, God. It sounded like Len. Are you sure that was a second voice? Here we go. Yes, yeah. there's a second one. Things have gotten awfully tied in the AFC East. We'll take a close look at the conference's toughest division and how things stack up now down the stretch. Uh, let me come back. And not much of a passing I'll, game. I'll the Steelers will be running away with it. There are some close races going on. Things have gotten awfully tied in the AFC East. We'll take a close look at the conference's toughest division and how things stack up now down the stretch. All right, that's your that's your second voice. That's You're, not really familiar to me. Okay. I, I'm embarrassed. All right, here I'm we go. Can I come back to that sure. one? Sure. Right. Here, yeah. Here's yeah. the third. I'll, yeah. I'll put a little head on it just so you can yeah. hear yeah. the second from the third. Here yeah. we go. Up now, down the stretch. Talk about tough. It's been a tough year for quarterbacks. No fewer than 11 starters oh. have gone Dave down Marish. injured. Boom! Give me the bell. Bell. That, you got it. You got it. Nice work. Was that the second? No, that's, that that's wasn't the third. The, okay, so the second one, I, I second don't Second one you don't know, okay. but Dave Marish. Of course, Dave Marish. Of course. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, here's Dave Marish. Talk about tough. It's been a tough yeah. year for yeah, yeah. quarterbacks. No fewer than 11 starters have gone down injured. It's enough to make you ask whether one number one is enough anymore. I'll be talking about a guy who has 14 sacks on those quarterbacks. He doesn't dance. He plays for a team that wins. Clue, it's not Mark Gaspell. All right, some libraries. Then they go back to Len. You want to hear that one one more time with that, the rest? Is that number four? That, is, that PD, is, is that Pete Axtone? Hit the bell. You are correct. Yeah, of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> of course. I thought you were going to. Well, Pete Axstone was the picker of the group. Oh, he's so he's the, their Jimmy the Greek. That's and, right. Gotcha. He was their Jimmy the he Greek. He sounds like and, it. And he had he had the craziest stats. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, <laughs> when, when they play under 50 degrees, I mean, I loved Pete Axstone. Okay. Oh, yeah. Pete Axstone's picks. I don't I don't know that I, I recognize the second one. So is that it? That's it. Those are your voices. Those God. are your voices. Give me the second one again. I don't recognize right, the second one. Let me see if I can one. find it. That's who would have thought this that with Lenny Berman, quarterback yeah. and not University. much of a passing game, the Steelers would be running away with it. There are some close races going on. Things have gotten awfully tied in the AFC East. We'll take a close look at the conference's toughest division and how things stack up now down the stretch. You are four for four. God. Can initials. You, the initials are BM. BM. I had never heard of any of them, so you're doing a lot better than I am. First name is Bill. Oh, it's Bill McAtee. It is. Oh, of fact. course, it's Bill McAtee. <laughs> of course. Well, Bill McAtee was is a is a friend of the shows. I can't believe he sounds so young. There, go back. All right, go back. All right. Go back. I got a funny story about Bill McAtee. Okay. I got a funny story about him. Go ahead. Yeah, that's Bill McAtee. Who would have thought that with Cliff Stout at quarterback and not much of a passing game, the Steelers would be running away with it? There are some close races going on. Things have gotten awfully tied in the AFC East. Yeah, it's just we'll a young Bill McAtee. Okay. He's still around. He's still, and how still on CBS. Still, still does some tennis and golf. On Bill CBS. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Bill McAtee, true story. Bill McAtee lived in my brother's building 100 years ago in New York. Oh, no way. Yes. And my brother and him were not friendly, they yeah. did, but he, my brother knew of Bill McAtee. It was probably, this would have probably been in the 19, late 80s, early 90s. Okay. In New York, Upper East Side, 80th and 1st. And my brother says one day, you know, he was jogging, jogging. He comes jogging, Chrissy Everett. Oh. Comes jogging back with Chrissy Everett. Wow. Is that, oh, my gosh. Yeah. But back into the day. But is there was, was there an age discrepancy or between they, Bill McAtee and Chrissy yeah. Everett? You'd have to look. I don't know. They probably I don't know. I don't know the ages, but so they were Cr- hanging out. Chrissy, and my brother watched the whole thing happen. Oh. Yeah, they were hanging out. Bill McAtee and Chrissy Everett is this a, on a the, jog, and, I, and I'm assuming it was not just a platonic jog. At the height of her powers, like physically, well, not not on the court, but still like really pretty. Oh, I would think, yeah, yeah, yeah I would. Oh think, wow, yeah. Well, good for Bill. Yeah. Where do we go from here? Are you done? I'm done. I was just. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I, was, I, I really thought. How'd you, I do? I thought you would need some time, so I put together like the theme that sounds a little different than the pregame show. You went four for five. Kind of bad quality, but is this the song you remember? Yes, love it. It's so great. Huh? Love it. What's going on in the world of sports on episode 113? Do it. it down. Bring it down. I gotta bring it down a little bit. Yeah. There you go. The Hawks are five and zero off the bye week. The Packers <laughs> lose to, to the Bucks. Uh, they're four and one after getting thumped by Tom Brady and the Bucks. So we've got a bunch of one beaten teams, and there's only one hot shot, Scott. One unbeaten team left in the NFC. I know there's some in the AFC. That's right. Your number one overall seed if the season ended today, which it doesn't, and it's stupid to even talk about, sorry, you, is... Your Seattle Seahawks! Sweeping the nation, capturing the hearts of America. Yes, they are. Yep. And they will be, when we do Mr. Postseason on 113P this week, they will be the number one seed in the NFC with the only buy. And I keep saying this on peace shows. I'll say it here on a regular show. Remember, extra playoff team in each conference, which means there are now seven playoff teams in each conference. Right. So no more one and two seeds get the buys. Two has to play in the first week. Two plays seven. Three plays six, four plays five. There's only one team with a bye. Yep. That team sits with their arms folded and they're on their throne and the and, king of the castle. And are guaranteed for as long as they're in the playoffs of home field. Now, I don't know what home field's going to mean. Right, yeah. Except you don't have to get on a plane. Maybe there'll be fans by then. But the Seahawks, when we do Mr. Postseason this Thursday. The Packers, the Packers defense got sort of torn up by the, the Bucks. Right, I was thinking I'm, that they're... I'm, 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 I'm done with this music. Okay, I, I keep... <laughs> I keep hearing that the Packers defense is a lot <laughs> substantially better than Seattle's. Oh, they didn't look great on Sunday against. I mean, it's Tom Brady, but they didn't. They looked like they had some holes. Well, they're not great. Everybody says they're not great against the run. That you can run up and down the field on them. The problem is you're never ahead. They jump on you offensively, so uh, you're always playing from behind. You have to ditch the running game. That's the thought about the Packers. Okay. I don't know. I haven't seen them play enough to to derive an opinion, but the Packers are now are now. They have fallen from the ranks of the unbeaten. Love it. Um, let me see here. Question for you, if you were a coach in the NFL. Yep. Because this happened on Sunday. Let's assume you were the coach of a team. Let's assume you were the interim coach of a team, of okay. an NFL team. And your team scores to take a seven-point lead with two minutes to go in the game. Okay. 
and you are convinced standing on the sidelines, although you don't want to tell this to anybody, Hotshot Scott, the interim coach of this team, is convinced up seven that there's no way in hell your defense is going to stop the other team from coming down and either tying or winning the game. And you're up seven. Okay. And you have to make a decision based on that feeling that I just told you. You have to make a decision on one point or two point. You just scored a touchdown to go up seven. You can kick the extra point to go up eight. You are convinced your defense cannot stop the other team from scoring. Okay. Going down and scoring a touchdown. You're not going to tell your defense that, of course. Okay. So you have a choice. Do you kick the extra point and make them have to go for two? Or do you just go for two, and if you make it nine, now the game's over and you win? And you can, they can go down and score the touchdown. You're safe at nine. That's you go for tough. one, or do you go for two? Am I at home, or am I on the road? <laughs> I, does it matter these days? Yeah, no I guess fans. it doesn't. Uh, you were, they always say when you're on the road, you You were on go. the road. Oh, boy, that doesn't help me. Against an undefeated team. It happened on Sunday. Did you know that? No. Romeo Cronell is the new interim head coach of the Houston Texans, where Bill O'Brien got fired. Yep. He was faced with this very, very dilemma. And he went for two, and when he did it, everybody bombarded social media. Before they knew what was going to happen, announcers on the broadcast, I was watching the broadcast, yeah. what is he going for two for? What's he going for two for? He could have gone for one and made them have to not only score a touchdown, but go for two, two more. points. Yeah. He goes for two because he's trying to just <laughs> step on their throat right now. Right. He misses. Oh. The Tennessee Titans come down, score, oh. kick the extra point, yeah. tie, win the coin toss, oh, no. <laughs> get the ball first, go down and score, win the game. Romeo Cornell's a loser. Wow. Now, are people being a little a little lighter on him because he went for it? I mean, he, he, he knew what was going to happen. People are saying that if he had made them go for two, they may not have gotten the two-point conversion yeah. and he would have won by one at the end of regulation. Oh, that's crazy. Poor guy. Thank goodness the, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Rays eliminated the Houston Astros. The Astros are out. I don't want to do too much on baseball, but it is part of my little headline shtick without the music. Charlie Morton beat the Astros in Game 7, which is kind of interesting, because he was on the Astros, the cheating team. Oh, interesting. Okay, He was in the 2017 American League Championship Series. He pitched the Astros into the World Series in Game 7 that year. Then now he goes, he's like 35 years old. Now he goes to Tampa, and he pitches against them in Game 7 and knocks them out and takes the raise. And I don't know whether to like him or not, because he was on that team, and Whenever I think about pitchers, I don't know if you, you've ever, I mean, I don't know how much time you spend thinking about the cheating scandal of the Houston Astros, but for me, I never understood why the pitchers of the Houston Astros didn't speak up to their teammates. Here the, here the hitters were banging on garbage cans and yeah. stealing signs and making making it completely impossible for other pitchers, the opposing pitchers. You would think that the pitching fraternity is a a close enough knit family that pitchers of the Houston Astros would not have approved of what their hitters were doing to opposing teams' pitchers. That makes sense? Yeah, but a closer brotherhood than your teammate? I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I don't mean, know. It's your team. It's, you know. I know, but they're stealing signs from other pitchers. They had to, like, a guy like Charlie Morton had to be saying to himself, imagine if the other team were stealing our signs while I was out there. I mean, he, he had, they, they had to, the pitchers of the Houston Astros had to put themselves in the other team's shoes at some point. I can't believe that the Astros pitchers just turned a blind eye to this 
and just let and, and didn't say didn't speak up. It really bothers well, me. Well, they did. <laughs> Clearly, they turned a blind eye. Yeah, they did. Well, it, and I was thinking they got all the way to the ALCS to Game Seven, but maybe they didn't. Maybe the cheating really didn't help them that no, much. Well, they're very good. Right, they're still very good. Yeah. And by the way, did I see Mike Zanino? Yes, he had a long home run, 440 <laughs> shot, foot shot in Game Mike Seven. Zanino. Yes, it, it was like the third hit he's gotten all year. Oh, <laughs> I mean, okay. no, no. He hit like a, a buck sixty. He's still, God love him. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, he hit. He hit like a. A buck seventy or a buck okay. eighty this year. He he's still not, still not a great hitter. But but he does have power, and he's always had great power. Yeah. So Tampa Bay's been to two World Series in the past thirteen years, and the Mariners haven't made the playoffs in nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, right around there. How does Tampa Bay get to two? Okay, sorry. Nick Saban coaches after all. Bama Beach, Georgia. We'll talk to Nick Neuheisel, Rick Neuheisel about that. Clemson hangs seventy three on Georgia Tech, seventy three yeah. points. Maybe the greatest half by a quarterback in a meaningful game in the history of college football. Trevor Lawrence, you know about him? I'm familiar with him, yeah. So this wasn't against a non-conference patsy. Yeah. This was against a conference team, Georgia Tech. They're in the ACC. Not bad. Not a bad program. Lawrence in the first half. 22 of 27. 391 (laughs) yards and five touchdowns in the first half against Georgia Tech. 22 of 27, 391, five touchdowns. But I'm going to play a little stump the band with you and our listeners. Oh, great. Also in the first half, it wasn't perfect. He threw an interception. And when he threw the interception, he broke his consecutive streak of passes without an interception. He was on way to breaking the all-time ACC quarterbacking record for most consecutive passes without throwing an interception. And he lost the record on Saturday. Who holds oh. that record? ACC that's now quarterback. Uh, ACC quarterback. Christian Leitner? A- Did he play quarterback? A- ACC. <laughs> but it would be, be more like Bobby Hurley. But an ACC quarterback who holds the all-time record for most consecutive attempts okay. without an interception. Well, Da-da-da-da. Russell played Da-da-da-da-da. North Carolina State. Da-da-da-da-da. Is that right? Da-da-da-da. It's Russell? Da-da-da-da-da. Oh, wow. I was trying to think way back. Eh, I'll make it a little easier on myself. Nice. Russell Wilson owns the record, and we'll, and we'll keep the record because the interception of Trevor Lawrence in the first half. I saw your Dolphins are starting to play, so there's no more tank for Trevor. That's out the window, apparently, right? I mean, We're not tanking for anybody. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, no, I, I saw that. We're not tanking for anybody. So is Trevor Lawrence, is he going to be as good as he is in college, you think? I mean, Joe Burrow, he's playing pretty well, right? I mean, he looked unstoppable in college. Do you think Trevor will translate, or do you need to see hard a little to more? Yeah. It's hard to say. He's going to be the number one overall right. pick, I would imagine. And Joey Burrow, I've seen Joe Burrow like two or three games already, yeah. bits and pieces of two or three games, and he, I think he looks the part. Yeah. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, so I say that. So um, one and two win, three loses. Georgia lost to Alabama. Four, Notre Dame looks shitty in a win. Five, UNC loses to FSU. The Big Ten begins on Saturday, still two weeks away from the Pac-12. Two weeks away from the Pac-12. I was looking at the Husky schedule. I was trying to figure out when Apple Cup is. Could be only reason I was looking is because Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, it's like the Friday before Thanksgiving or Friday after Thanksgiving, right? Twenty seventh, something like that. Yeah, it's not a Friday typically, isn't it? Yes. So, but I have a I have a crazy Apple Cup story for you, and I forgot to tell it last year. So please remind me. How am I going to remember? I, you're this? not. But I was just like, okay, do we have? A- I don't even remember <laughs> Bill McAtee. How am I going to remember to tell you to tell me a? Uh, you'd want to just tell it now. Well, 
It's and then we'll retell. Is it no good? Does it have to be Apple Cup week for you to tell the story? Well, it's the last time I was... I was just going to do the Taco Time Northwest Tuesday thing, but go ahead. Well, tell the story. It's kind of long. Oh, it's long? Yeah, it's long. Let's let's just wait. How are we going to remember? You want me to put it in my my calendar? Yes, please put it in your family calendar. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, no no Seahawks game, but still, uh, it is my responsibility to tell you that I will be at Taco Time, one of the locations northwest, on Tuesday, because I eat lunch at Taco Time on Tuesdays every week. Yep. There will be no free tacos. There will be no buy one, get one free, because there was no Seahawks game. But, but... Remember to download the Taco Time Northwest app and order ahead anytime you're going to use Taco Time because they'll have your order sitting just inside the door. Have you ever done that? Do you have the Taco Time Northwest no, app? No, I haven't. I haven't you used the You go through the drive-thru. Yeah, I go through the drive-thru. So if you put the app on your phone, first of all, you got to have the app to get the buy. So you've never gotten the buy one, get I one haven't. free tacos. Mm-mm. I haven't gone on I, I, What? Really? Oh, I used to have a day job and I, I couldn't just slide out whenever. Yeah, you could. I yeah, remember that day job. I, that sort of you thing. went whenever you wanted anywhere. <laughs> That's true. You came here in the middle of the day. Oh, come on. You, you showed up Let's, here at 1 o'clock. And look where that got me. <laughs> look, where, look where that got me. God damn it. You could have gone to Taco Time. There right. are many, many locations. Get the app. Yes. Put the app on your phone, for God's sakes. Okay. And put a credit card in there and get your buy one, get one free when they score the rushing touchdown. But more, to, more, more than that, when you have the app, you just put in your order. You tell them where you're going, which location you're going. And then instead of going through the drive-thru, you just zoom up and you open the front door and there's like a... There's like shelves right in front of the front, ah. right inside the front door, and it says Soden, bam. Nice. Hot shot. Love bam. it. I, it does Take say hot shot on it. Yeah. Yes, on my credit cards. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I got. For, that's for, that's for I got a lot more for other stuff segment. I got the three interviews. Do you have anything else? You want to tell your story about the, the Apple Cup? No. No, it, it's kind of long. There's a lot involved, but it, it, it was okay, the craziest second. 24 hours of my what life. What date? November 25th. What? At noon. You really Remind me. <laughs> no. Three <laughs> interviews and then other stuff segment. It's always great on the Zeke's Pizza hotline to hear from Zeke's Pizza president, Dan Black. Dan, in the last couple of weeks since we visited last, what's up with Zeke's? Uh, Things are going well. Last time we talked, I mentioned to you that more people were out and about coming into our dining rooms, our patios. That trend has continued, so it's been fun. It's nice to see more people dining out, more people out downtown active. Like I say, the dining rooms and patios have been busier uh, than they've been in a long time, and, and that's been fun. I'm hearing rumblings about some new locations, maybe numbers 18 and 19 of Zeke's Pizza. Is that right, Dan? You heard right. We got a restaurant being built in Kenmore, which we're really excited about. We just signed a deal for Mill Creek, which we're really excited about. Uh, there's a couple others in process that if they come through, we'll be up to 21 total. And uh, what happened is people saw how well we did during COVID, our profile and our brand. The awareness of it was raised quite a bit uh, with the franchising community. They saw especially what we were doing on beer delivery. And so for the past six or eight weeks or so, we've we've had more people inquiring about franchises than we ever have. And so it's it's pretty exciting to have this much momentum. Uh, it's good, good anytime, but particularly in the time of COVID when you know, a lot in our industry are basically on life support. So what you mean to say is all these people have been hearing you guys on Mitch Unfiltered and hear Mitch talking about it and tweeting about it. And that's why the new locations are are, are rising. Right. Exactly. We actually do get, you know, your 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 audience is definitely super passionate and and we love that. And we actually do get people talking about franchises and inquiring about it. And we 
my guess is someday that'll actually happen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, what's the Dan Black family been eating these days in terms of Zeke's Pizza? What are your favorites? Yeah, you know, last time you asked, I mentioned our seasonal pies, the heirloom tomato stuff, which was really good. We actually, the Black family OD'd on those enough. We've gone back to ordering some stuff off of the regular menu. And so we've been doing Wood Butcher, Cherry Bomb, two of the classics. Those are really good. My wife, Molly, really likes the tie one on. She orders off the wine menu. I order off the beer menu. Zeke and Destroy and Hop Tropic are my favorite. She's been drinking the uh, La Col Rosé since it's been sunny out. And so, yeah, we've kind of gone back to a few of the classics lately. All right, download the Zeke's Pizza app like the Blacks do, like the Levies do, like everybody else does. It's a great time of the year football season to order in from Zeke's Pizza. Zeke's Pizza is a great partner. They've been a great sponsor going back to the radio days, and they are homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. We have to be so, so tuned in. Uh, you know, rule number one is always protect the team, you know, and, and uh, this is what this week is about. Everything is at stake. And why it's such a big deal is that we're out of our normal routine. I, we can't practice this one, you know. This is just the first time we just got to do it. And I love practice and everything and being prepared and having a, a mentality for it. It's all about conscious. And so um, we'll do everything we can to remind them in every way, and the players are going to work at it amongst themselves and all of that. So every week on the patron side, Seahawks insiders Joe Fan, NBC Sports Northwest, Brady Henderson, ESPN, ESPN.com, and I, Mitch Unfiltered, we get together on a Zoom call and we attempt to solve the world's problems. And when we fail at that, then we turn our attention to the Seahawks and the NFL and we take cheap shots at one another. We call it the Seahawks no table for obvious reasons. Boys, the Seahawks are 5-0. and they have at least a two-game lead on everybody in the NFC West after the Sunday nighter between the Niners and the Rams. The Packers even lost to help them out on Sunday. So the Hawks had a pretty good bye week. How are your guys' bye? Brady, how was your bye week? Uh, well, the, the week itself was pretty long. The weekend was all right. Probably not as good as Joe's because he was at Torrey Pines while I was slumming it down at uh, Jefferson and uh, <laughs> Maplewood down by the, the VMAC. And meanwhile, playing with my old set of clubs that are halfway broken. And so uh-huh. yeah, Joe probably had a better weekend than I did. All right, Joe, let's air him out. He was invited to go to Torrey Pines, was he not? Yeah, there needs to be some accountability here, right? I mean, like, <laughs> let's hand up, hand in the air, finger that's on me, right? You know, yeah. foul's on me. It, Brady was invited weeks in advance to this trip. And he said, oh, that sounds fun. I'll let you know. Two weeks later, this is now less than a week out from when we are going to San Diego. He says, hey, is there still a spot open? <laughs> like, we're going to play Jefferson. <laughs> no, this is Torrey Pines, and these spots are at a premium. I didn't want them to go to, go to waste, uh, uh, and Brady couldn't commit. All right, so Brady. Anybody who golfs with me regularly knows that I show up to the tee. I, I show up basically to the, I run to the tee box right as, the, right as we're about to tee off. So a week Planning a week out, that's that's pretty long for me. All right, well, fancy schmancy Joe Fan, uh, who just got off of a, a hit with television and Sylvie on King 5. You brought your new sticks to Tory. Before we get into the Seahawks, our golf fans might know Tory Pines down in the San Diego area. The non-golfers out there probably don't know what we're talking about. U.S. Open's going to be there. Was there when Tiger Woods won before he took a bunch of time off? He won the U.S. Open. Uh, did you qualify for next year's U.S. Open, Joe, or are you still I trying to <laughs> I did not. I did not, and I wasn't close. Unfortunately, the new sticks aren't in yet, so I had to use oh. the old twigs, and uh, and they just didn't get the job done. It's all the, <laughs> the equipment's fault, not my own fault, but I shot a oh. nice, a nice, crisp 
100. You did not. I did. It was Did bad. you only play one round there? One round? I only played one round there. I did rebound and shot an 85 the next day at uh, Coronado Muni, which is an, maybe the best value Muni in the country, right on the water. Absolutely gorgeous. The Navy Yard right across the way, and yeah. um, that was a fun track. Look at him, Brady, trying to play up the course that he shot 85 on. <laughs> like I think I, we could say he fired an 85. If you shoot yeah. 100, then you go 85. Then uh, at that point, you you fire an 85. He stumbled. At least I owned it. At least I didn't you say did. like it was like a 90. I shot a 92. <laughs> no, I shot 100. And I had to make bogey on 18 to, to save 100. Uh, I should point out, by the way, that we had to wait on a Sunday evening until movie star Joe Fan was done with King Five and Sylvie. He's wearing this incredible suit and tie. I'm watching on my TV. I'm saying to myself, okay, this is great. He got a haircut for Paul Sylvie. He's wearing a tie for Paul Sylvie. And, uh, and then he comes out, and, he, and he's in a T-shirt for us. I'm lucky if Brady Henderson even wears a shirt on our on our show. So I, I appreciate you guys at least slumming it with us. Joe, let's start with you. The next four opponents might tell the story of the number one seed future of the Seattle Seahawks. Is that an overstatement, or is that fair? And what do you expect from the next four? No, it's very fair, and I would make it five. I would add that Cardinals game on the back end. So you have Cardinals, Niners, Bills, Rams, Cardinals before a really cupcake stretch of Eagles, Giants, Jets, Washington football team. And so this is really, in my opinion, the the month plus that will define their regular season and determine whether or not they're able to win the NFC West and ultimately potentially claim that number one seed in the NFC. Again, all coveted number one seed because there is only one buy per conference. Uh, Now there's seven seeds in each conference. So uh, I think if you can go three and two through this stretch, um, you're in really good shape now that you've gotten off to a 5-0 and start. That will be tough, but I think they can do it. Um, and so that would be my expectation. That's where I'm setting the bar. Yeah, 3-2, and two, I think that sounds a very realistic and also something that you would probably take at this point. And, you know, people might hear that and say, well, the Seahawks are a 5-0 and o team. Yeah, they are, but let's let's not forget how narrow some of those, well, really four of those victories are. Yeah. If you just look at two some of those power games. ratings, guys, forget about that stuff. Keep going, Brady. Some guys that do power ratings, they only yeah. count that against the Chiefs and other teams, but they don't consider that when they're talking about the Seahawks. But go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt, Brady. I had to throw that in. It, it's all right. I mean, the, the point being there is that this team could very easily be 3-2 and two when you look at Go back to the uh, the New England game, and if Cam Newton had just bounced that play outside, that was a great play by Seattle's defense, but also a play that Cam Newton uh, should have bounced outside. The same thing with Alexander Madison uh, last week on fourth and one play against Minnesota. A great play by Seattle's defense, but also uh, he had a wide open lane, and he just did not take it. And so this team very easily could be three and two. And so if you ask me if what would I take three and two over their next five? Yes, absolutely. Could just as easily be three and two, huh, fan? Yeah, absolutely. But they're not. <laughs> they're five and oh. And they come they came they came through in clutch time and crunch time and on offense and defense. And so you get credit for that. Just as you take note of yeah, they could have lost, but they didn't. And this is a team that continuously comes through. And I, you know, talking to KJ Wright, like, I just point blank asked him, like, "You guys haven't been good. How can you possibly have this belief in your group to come through time and time again when you know you're leaky at best throughout most of the game?" And yet they do. And I think the two most inexplicable plays of the regular season so far are that play against Cam Newton and then the stop of Alexander Madison. You know, you expect Russell to get it done at this point, but. The fact the defense continues to find a way is a bit baffling, but the reality is they are 5-0, and, um, you know, you can't take wins away. 
Would you guys, uh, I'll throw some numbers at you. And I know a lot of people are going to say this is way too early, Mitch, to be looking at the schedule. But I'm a schedule looker, so I'll throw some numbers. Would you guys agree, first of all, before I throw the numbers at you, that 13-3 and three will do it? That's that's a magic number. If you can get to 13 and 3, you might be able to do it at 12 and 4, but 13 and 3 should get you the number 1 seed in the NFC and allow you to have the only buy of playoff teams in the NFC. Would you go with that, guys? Yeah. Okay. I would. Okay, so if you work under that theory, I don't know Joe if you agree with that, but if you work on, if you yep. work under that theory, let's take a look. They've got 11 games left. They're 5 and 0. Oh. 5 of the games are outside the NFC West. And six of the games are divisional opponents. The five games outside of the West are Buffalo and then Jets, Giants, Redskins, Eagles. You total up those five teams' record and you come up with an aggregate of 721 and one. 721 and one. And if it weren't for the Buffalo Bills, think about how bad it is. So when you're looking at those five out of division games, it would take a major upset, a major upset for the Seahawks not to go at least 4-1 and one and maybe 5-0, and oh, but 4-1. and one. Let's say they lose to the Bills, but it would take a major upset for them not to go to 4-1 and one in those five games. So add four to the five that you have now. That's nine. That leaves six games, the, the three divisional opponents twice. So do the math. Four and two gets you to 13-3. and three. Three and three, Joe, gets you to twelve and four. And 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 by the way, four and two gets you to thirteen and three with a loss to the Bills, which is an AFC team. So now you're not only thirteen and three, but you're ten and two in the conference. So I know it's early, but when you start looking at what's around the corner, especially as you consider these tough five games, this is this is I think really doable for the Seahawks to come out of this with the number one seed. It really does sound like you've had a, a weekend conversation or maybe some <laughs> chats during the bye week with Mr. Playoffs because he has clearly educated you on this uh, greater than I would have expected your knowledge to be on the, on the subject. I, I think it is doable. I think the Bills game is crucial because I, this team just feels destined to go three and three in the division. Oh, it does. Um, and so to me, it, at that point, You've got to win those five uh, non-divisional games. Brady, you think three and three in the division? Even with the Cardinals losing their best pass rusher, the 49ers are decimated by injury. There's no real home field advantage for the Seahawks too, but when they go to when they go to Arizona, they're going to be playing in good weather with that offense and no fans there. And I don't know. I, I don't know that it's destined to be three and three. I think it's more destined to be four and two. I uh Three and three, probably if I had to guess. I mean, the 49ers, it's a hard team to put your finger on because they lost at home to uh, Mitch Levy's Miami Dolphins last week in, in kind of embarrassing fashion. And then they come out on Sunday night and really take it to the Rams. And so I still think that that they're closer to what you saw Sunday night than what you saw last week. And you still got to play them twice. Uh, you still – Arizona looks like it could be a good team, albeit without one of its best defensive players. And the Rams – uh, you know, before Sunday night looked like the second best team in the division. And so, you know, there's one more thing I would add there too. And I, I would, I would caution against assuming that teams are going to be in one, two months from now, what they are right now. Yeah. You know, the Eagles, that's a team with a lot more talent than what their record says. Uh, and go back and look at the Falcons last year. What did they start? Oh, and eight 
some horrible record like that, and they really turned it around. So the Eagles game, I know it looks like a a win that you chalk up right now, but I don't know if that's going to be the case uh, in a month from now. I think I would add, just in terms of the divisional games, that there's so much parity in this division. It's always a street fight, and even the the best teams in the division. I mean, last year it was the Niners. The Cardinals took them – to the bitter end in both of their matchups. You know, these games just, they're not very predictive when they're playing other teams. You say, oh, well, they played so-and-so well or not well. That should mean X, Y, or Z when the Seahawks play them. I don't think any one of us would say, okay, let's say they the Seahawks tomorrow played any of the three. Do we have any doubt that any of those games wouldn't go until the final two minutes of the fourth quarter, which is why I say that, Three and three just feels like yeah. that's where this thing's headed. All right, they'll be three and three. Let's just cancel the games. Joe says they're going to be three and three, and I'm uh, I'll go with you on that. Brady, don't cancel the Eagles game yet, though. We were you and I wanted to cancel it. Brady said no. Okay. So that one okay. still has to be right. played. Brady, the BHI is the Brady Henderson Index because Brady loves to take his neck out and go out on a limb and tell us who's going to play. They had this bye week, and we were told over and over again before they faced the Vikings before the bye week that this is going to be an opportunity to get some people healthy. We've got Jamal Adams we'd like to see after the bye week against the Cardinals. We've got Brooks. We've got Dorsett. We've got Green. We've got Hyde. I'm probably forgetting a few people, so let's go one by one. Who are we going to see? What does the Brady Henderson Index say on the chances that Adams is going to play against the Cardinals? I'm going to say 90%. And and even you know when Pete Carroll basically ruled him out for that Sunday night game early in the week, he said that he would be back after the bye, meaning for, for okay. this game coming up. So Adams is going to play Jordan and Brooks 70%. Yeah. Carol, Carol was not as he was noncommittal uh, on Adams and the rest of those guys really aside from Adams, but I'm going to say 70% for I'm, Brooks. I'm curious on Philip Dorsett and not, not whether he'll play or not. I'm just curious to see what the mix and what he's going to bring to an already explosive offense is the Cardinals game. When we see him, you think? I think so. Yeah, that was it, it. Sounded like Pete Carroll was confident that he and Rasheem Green would both be back after the bye once they're eligible. So yeah, the question is, how do you mix a guy in when that offense, especially you know those top three receivers, have really been humming? I, I'd say it's probably going to be slowly, but you might take some of the burden off of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who have both been playing a a very high volume uh, number of snaps. All right, so you're bullish on Dorsett and Adams playing. You're not so sure, but you give them seventy percent on Brooks. How about Carlos Hyde? And the second part to that question is, uh, when do we see Penny? Are we going to see Penny? And when Penny becomes available, what becomes of the running back dynamic between Hyde and Carson and and Homer and the like? Yeah, the word from Pete Carroll was that Hyde was close to, to being back last week. And so I would imagine with the, the, with the with that week off and then the bye week off that he's very likely to be back this week. And then we'll see about Penny. He is now eligible to begin practicing per rules of guys on the physically unable to perform list and the non-football injury list as well. So he can start practicing uh, now that it's week seven. And what that does is once he start once he begins practicing, that begins a 21 day window to where he's got to be activated uh, to the roster or else he cannot play again this season. And so usually what you've seen the Seahawks do with guys who are rejoining the team midseason from PUP or NFI is once they start practicing, they like to give those guys at least two weeks of practice. Uh, before they play them in games. So I would not expect Penny to play in either of the next two weeks, even if he does start practicing. And then once he gets back, I would be interested to see what happens with Carlos Hyde. Uh, And I say that because part of Carlos Hyde's salary or part of his contract, part of the money he's owed this season is tied into per game roster bonuses. So the Seahawks could save a little bit of money each week if the roster setup is such that 
you know, maybe they need to only keep three tailbacks active to save another spot elsewhere. And, you know, look, we all know Travis Homer has not had the best luck carrying the football, but he is a big part of their special teams, plays some pretty important roles. And if they do keep three tailbacks active on game day, I, I think that Hyatt would, or sorry, I think that Homer would have one of those spots just because of the value he brings on special teams. If you've already got Carson and you've got Penny healthy. So we'll see, but I would not be surprised if, if you see Hyde inactive for a game or two once Penny comes back. Joe, while the Seahawks defense continues well chronicled to have struggles getting home on the pass rush, we haven't seen or heard anything from this rookie Daryl Taylor. Uh, a, do you sense that we're going to see him at all this year? And B, should we as Seahawks fans be pissed at John Schneider and Pete Carroll for investing a draft choice on this guy? Should they have known or was this expected that this may just be a throwaway year when they drafted him? No, they did not have that assumption at all. And this, the added layer to it that it can add to your frustration is, one, not only did they use a second-round draft choice, they traded up for him. But given this kind of weird pre-draft COVID years, this is a guy they got to get their hands on and see more so than other prospects. And so they got a medical on him. They felt comfortable with where his leg was at. And so somewhere along the line, this was either more severe than they initially knew or there was a, a significant setback to where, yeah, now who knows whether he's going to play or not this year. I think if you're a Seahawks fan listening to this at home, yeah. you shouldn't expect anything from Daryl Taylor. You know, Similarly wow. to what you saw from LJ Collier or didn't see from LJ Collier, if he's active, maybe he plays a couple snaps, but probably going to be inactive or on PUP or sorry, NFI throughout the season. Um, they're going to be rolling with the guys that they've already got. They might make a trade. They might sign somebody who knows, but I don't think Daryl Taylor is in their, in their plans for 2020. Brady Henderson, Joe fan, Mitch Levy, the uh, Seahawks no table Brady. We're going to have a trade deadline in two weeks and change from the time people are listening to this uh, episode 113. You and the ESPN boys have any thoughts on names i had jason lock and four on a patron show last week and he said don't be surprised if john schneider calls the vikings on ngakwe he's still only signed up for a year they're losing games hand over fist they don't know whether they can get him back they might be able to recoup some draft choices for him his expense becomes half or you know a little more than half if you acquire him in the middle of the season you only pay that portion of his salary uh, how about Ngakwe? How about anybody else that we should be thinking about, Brady? I could see that just with the, how aggressive John Schneider has always been, including um, at the deadline. You saw him make that kind of unexpected move last season for Quandre Diggs. And I could also see it just because, as we all know, that pass rush is such an issue right now. And, you know, they've already lost Bruce Irvin. And as Joe just said, you don't know if you're going to get Daryl Taylor back and you don't know what he's going to give you if you do get him back. So the challenges there are twofold. Obviously, um, you know, this team does not have a ton of salary cap space. I think around 5 million or so, um, which is about, uh, I believe not having the numbers in front of me. That's about what you would have to pay him for the rest of the season. Look, as we all know, you can always create space depending on how badly you want to. We've seen them do that with guys like, you know, when they traded for Sheldon Richardson, when they traded for Dwayne Brown, you can always create the space. The other issue there, of course, is the draft pick compensation. 
And as we all know, they are, they gave up a ton of that for Jamal Adams, the, including next year's first round pick. So they're already limited in what they would be able to give up. Yeah. I think they have to be absolutely, you know, floored by a deal they can get in you know, to where they think the value they're getting, they can't turn down. I think the fact they've already given up so much draft capital for Jamal Adams. And also you got to think taking on a guy who they then have to pay, or you would be expected to pay given on what you paid for him um, would be a tall task because you've got a number of contracts coming down the line this next year that could make salary cap uh, space a bit of an, uh, an issue to juggle. And so I don't see them being incredibly aggressive. I think it would have to be a guy on an expiring contract, a veteran who would, would be strictly a rent-a-player for a conditional or late-round pick. That's all I really see this team doing. Brady, I guess maybe this next question is better for Jay Inslee. Fans at CenturyLink Field, are we under the assumption, are we working under the assumption that just we're not going to see any? What do you think as the season progresses? How about playoff time? You know, we're looking at a team that could have one, two, three home playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. What do you think? Ask Jay Inslee about that. No, but um, I mean, Pete Carroll sounded open to it, and it's always difficult. It's kind of like with injuries. You never know how much to factor in Pete Carroll's optimism in all of this. But he did sound open to, I think he said, you know, there have been some discussions about possibly having some fans in the stands later in the season. So the impression that he gave, and just if you look at the situation logically, that would only be a, you know, a small number of fans, nowhere near the 70,000 or whatever it is capacity. And, um, you know, just based on the, the governor's reopening plan, I think, you know, large sporting events, I think it would, that would be phase four, that, that those would only be allowed in phase four. And I believe, we're still a long ways from that. So okay. it would have to be a small, a small limited crowd. Hey guys, let's finish up on the uh, Seahawks note table with Joe fan, NBC sports Northwest. And of course, Brady Henderson, ESPN, ESPN.com. We've, we've taken a shot and we've exposed Joe to the regular crowd, the non-patron crowd. I know that's a very risky thing for Brady and myself to do. Uh, I hope, hopefully it's paid off. Joe, you do this thing on Twitter that I enjoy, the uh, the reaction from the 12s. You get a lot of reaction. You pick two or three, and then you write about it on NBC Sports Northwest. Give us give us a sampling. Give us a couple of two or three in the last rendition. Yeah, let's start with this one. Uh, the Seahawks' pass rush is better this year than it is last year. And just to add context to it, the Seahawks had 28 sacks last year. They're on pace for 29 this year. So I'll let you guys take it from there. Oh, you're asking? Yeah. It, true or false, it's better this year than it was last year. Correct. Oh my God. Uh, Brady. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, if it is, it's like comparing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the analogy that doesn't get me in trouble. I got a couple of analogies, but I think I'll get uh, – they're not, they're not politically like, correct. Go ahead. I think it's like comparing my busted set of clubs that I'm about to turn in to Joe's set of clubs that he's about to turn in. You don't really want either of them, but <laughs> maybe they get the job done in a pinch. I don't know. So you're saying that if you shoot 98 at Torrey Pines, comparing <laughs> comparing your chances of making the U.S. Open and Joe's chances of making the U.S. Open is about the same as compared. Yeah. What do you think, Joe? What did you answer to that? I, I think my memory serves me correctly. They got no pass rush last year. Spot, let's put it this way. With Jamal Adams blitzing from the safety position, I think clearly they've got a better pass rushing team this year than they did last year. How about that? I think they do as well, and that's how I answered it. I agree that, that it is better, and I think you knew going in 
the overall rotation and depth was going to be improved. Um, and so with that, you actually have some numbers that, that show promise where the pass rush might be better than what the sack total of nine through five games would indicate. They're 11th in pass rush win rate, according to ESPN. They're first in quarterback knockdowns, according to Pro Football Reference, and then also fourth in, with 46 pressures. So they're getting to the quarterback. They're just not finishing plays and turning them into sacks. Now, so the secondary's fault is that guys just not being good enough at finishing plays. Who knows? But again, especially with Jamal Adams coming back healthy from that groin injury out of the bye week, I do think there's at least a little bit of a sliver of hope that this pass rush can continue to be league average and make a couple of plays a game um, that will be changing, uh, you know, momentum changing points in each game. Well, before you go to the next one, I think you guys will agree. Here's two facts to go along with whatever the answer to that one is that are indisputable, right? Number one, they're much better along the offensive line in protecting Russell Wilson than they were last year or in any recent year you guys had the stats I think Brady had the stats they're holding their blocks a lot better than most teams if not all teams in the NFL so they're doing a great job in pass protection and I think even with Joe the secondary not playing as well as I think a lot of us thought that they would now Jamal Adams been out we expected that secondary with those four guys to start the season would be one of the top five or seven secondaries in the NFL they haven't played that way but I think we can all agree those four guys, when healthy, will be a, a sizable upgrade to where they were last year in their secondary. So when you put the three things together, as opposed to just looking at their pass rush, you put those three things together, I think you've got a much more encouraging combination of things than you did last year. With uh, Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, obviously they've been fun so far through last year and then five touchdowns through five games this year. Can they become the most prolific quarterback wide receiver duo of all time? To give you some numbers, guys like Jerry Rice and Joe Montana combined for 67 touchdowns. The most prolific is Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison uh, at 118 touchdowns. Uh, right now they're on a pace of 11 and a half touchdowns per season. So... A lot of things have to go right, but complete, by the middle of uh, Metcalf's 11th season, complete touchdown 119 could happen. Brady, go ahead. Complete overreact. I mean, come on. We're really going we're, we're really to start talking about Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf in the same breath. That's as- why it's called Overreaction Monday, Mitch. <laughs> okay. We expand our horizons and have some fun. Okay, Brady, you have fun with this one. Could they? Yes. Yeah, they could. Russell Boom, that's all it talked takes. About, there we go. Russell has <laughs> talked about wanting to play until he's 45 years old. DK Metcalf is in his early 20s. Uh, I, as I've said before, it, the, the question with DK Metcalf, whether you're talking about this topic or – his chances of becoming, you know, one of the best receivers in the NFL. I think it's going to come down to whether or not he can stay healthy. And that's probably true of all players, but especially with him, a guy who, you know, had injury issues dating back to college, including a very serious neck injury that ended his college career uh, and had knee surgery, I think like two weeks, three weeks before the opener last year. So it's just going to come down to health with him. He's got the tools. He's got the drive. He's got the quarterback and Russell Wilson. So how long can he play and, and how healthy can he stay? However long that is. That's the question for me. All right, boys, I got good news for you. No predictions on this show. We'll come back on the, uh, on the patron show this week and do the predictions for the Cardinals. And, and it's a good, it's really a good news situation. Good news, good news situation for both you guys. This way I don't have to embarrass you again with predictions. 
kind of like I've done all year and kind of like I did on the golf course the one time that we played. <laughs> I, 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 really, I really find you guys to be nice gentlemen, and I hate really embarrassing you across the board. So we don't have to worry about that, Joe. Well, you're good at it for sure, certainly on the golf course. But, I mean, that bar is set really low. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of golfers out there that embarrass me. Brady embarrasses me on several occasions. So I have no stones to throw at your golf game other than I hear your new irons are not treating you as well as me and Brady's new PXGs will treat us. And so we will see you next year, next spring, when Aldera opens its doors once again to the Seahawks' no table. Yes. Brady and I will be coming for vengeance. Yes. uh, And I will spend all off-season grinding away at Interbay and, and fine-tuning okay. my swing. Okay. It's kind of like when you get invited to you know a nice country club. You don't want to show up the guy who yeah, invited sure. you. Yeah. It's the same thing when you when the guy invites you on his podcast. You don't want to show him up, so you kind of, <laughs> okay. you know, you might miss a gimme putt, and you might uh, you know throw a prediction here, okay. here, here there. All right. Joe Fan, NBC Sports Northwest, Brady Henderson, ESPN, ESPN.com. Follow them both on Twitter. They do a tremendous job covering the Seahawks on a day-to-day basis, and they are great to us on Mitch Unfiltered. Thank you, boys. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll talk to you on the patron show. All right, thanks, Mitch. Mitch. Thanks so much. The Three Stooges, together again, Brady Henderson, ESPN, Joe Fan, NBC Sports Northwest, and Mitch Levy, Mitch Unfiltered, get together every week on Zoom, and we hash out all the Seahawks news stories and take pot shots at one another. Typically a patron show released on Fridays. We thought we'd share the love on this bye week. You've undoubtedly heard that our Beat the Boys contest is presented by Fireside Home Solutions. And here's the grand poobah, the owner, John Waterstrat, who told us the Seahawks were going to go 11-5 and last time we checked in on him. Hiya, John. How's business, by the way, over at your place and places in the midst of the pandemic with fall here? Well, we can't be more blessed, Mitch. Uh, it's been great. Uh, we're, we're blessed to be in a place like the Puget Sound where our customers are keep coming in, buying fireplaces, not only fireplaces, but garage doors and continue to look to upgrade their homes. You told us about the 35-year history, John, of Fireside Home Solutions since 1985 in our last chat. What you didn't do was explain to our listeners a few of the reasons why an efficient gas fireplace is the way to go in 2020. Well, there's a couple great reasons for a gas fireplace. Number one, it's the cleanest burning appliance you can purchase for your home. Unlike wood and pellets that you have to carry wood into your house or those heavy bags of pellets, you have that gas fireplace that's nice and clean. You hit a remote control, hit a switch, the fireplace is on. Another great option for the fireplace as well is it zone heats your home. You get that whole nice warm experience in those gathering places in your home. So instead of heating your entire house, we can warm up your room right there. does a nice job and you get that little gathering space especially when you're watching football you just get that warm feeling in your house instead of having that cold air being infiltrating into your home it keeps that space warm john you guys handle all the big boys in the fireplace arena who are some of the big ones and talk about how you're kind of a one-stop shop with the service that you offer as well Yep, uh, we do carry the the biggest brands and uh, like Heat and Glow, they do a great job of providing us the product on time and the same thing we do on time and professionally installed. We have a great warranty track record with our service department. We can keep your appliance running year after year. John Waterstrat of Fireside Home Solutions, our presenting sponsor of the Beat the Boys contest. Everybody's having a lot of fun with that. Start your search for a brand new fireplace at Fireside Home Solutions. Unfiltered. 
I can do better. Second down and nine. Mac Jones, pressure coming from behind. The lob to the end zone. Devontae Smith, touchdown. Are you kidding me? Jeez. That is some grace. I think South Carolina with Colin Hill, the transfer quarterback from Colorado State who came along with Mike Bobo, find a way to beat War Eagle at home. Kevin Harris running it left and running it in. Touchdown, South Carolina. It's that time of the week where we halt on Mitch Unfiltered. We just halt and we spend some time with my friend and golfing buddy, Rick Neuheisel, all the football interviews presented by Taco Time Northwest and the Taco Time Northwest app, which reminds you to order ahead and avoid the drive through lines. How's my friend Rick Neuheisel after the SEC game of the year this past weekend? Well, it was a fantastic game for both sides in the first half. The second half was dominated by that, uh, that old, old friend, for those of us in the world of college football, Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. It was uh-huh. a whale of a night. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and yet, uh, in some ways, leaves us where we've always been, <laughs> Alabama and Clemson. Yeah. We will get to that. We will get to the second half. We will get to Nick Saban being able to coach – And what would it have been like had he not been there for Steve Sarkeesian? But we cannot go one inch further, Rick Neuheisel. Not one inch until I give you the floor. I promised you a week ago that if you turn the tides on your picks and then you gave us South Carolina, you gave us Coastal Carolina, you almost hit the trifecta if if Lane Kiffin's quarterback (laughs) wouldn't have thrown 12 interceptions in one game. But you hit the games that you promised you would hit, and then you said, listen, Mitch, if I hit these things, and I will, I'm going to talk. I want the floor. The floor (laughs) is yours, Rick Neuheisen. Well, let's just say (laughs) that uh, the fun belt uh, was alive and well over the weekend, and Coastal Carolina has flexed. Grayson McCall, their young quarterback, I thought was brilliant. Uh, And it was just a fun game to watch. Louisiana, who'd been living kind of on borrowed time since their brilliant upset victory over Iowa State early in the year, finally showed some vulnerability. And and Coastal Carolina got it despite being a seven-point underdog. And with respect to Coach Boom, otherwise known as Will Muschamp, Uh you remember he was the defensive coordinator for Gus Malzahn. And it wasn't all the way back to 1930 was the last time South Carolina had beaten Auburn. But I don't believe that uh, the Auburn quarterback in Bo Nix is is ready for prime time. I think he's been thrust into the action way too early. He's a little bit skittish. And I thought that would be the story. And three interceptions later, it was the story. But the three, respect, but the respect, three respect, team No, it's parlor. my time, Mitch. It's my time. <laughs> Go ahead. With respect to Lane Kiffin. Yes. You know what? <laughs> Six interceptions later, <laughs> Lane has to just understand the Lane train had to make a stop. Uh, defensively, they were better, but uh, unfortunately, Matt Corral came back down to earth. So we'll see what Ole Miss does this particular weekend. But I'm glad I led with the first two because that's where the power play was. But the three-team parlay, Rick Neuheisel. 
The three-team parlay, Rick Neuheisel. You you want a three-team parlay? Is that what you're asking for for your listeners? No, I'm I mean, saying they're, I want... they're getting taco time, and now you want a three-team parlay to go along with it? Holy smokes! Right. We'll come back to the picks because now you're back on track. You had you had done very well a couple of weeks in a row. Then you missed a few, and everybody kind of jumped off the the new You were upset bandwagon. about Temple. It was a two-point <laughs> miss. <laughs> Ease up on the Owls. By the way, it doesn't matter whether it's two or a hundred and two. When you go yes, up, to, when you go up to the ticket, it's an excellent point. It's an excellent point. Okay. When you're right, you're right. Okay, uh, let's go back to where you started because I think that's the story of the week in college football. The dominance of Alabama in the second half. You had told us a few weeks ago that Georgia had a good defense. Alabama was behind at half, and then they just – it's almost as if they hit the turbo button in one of those video games, Rick. It was uh, it was a non-contest in the second half, leaving us uh, to wonder, are we going to see this game again? Is it a foregone conclusion that we're going to see this game again in a month or two? And isn't it just going to be the same outcome or worse the next time? Well, I do believe that. I do believe these will be the same two teams that will square off in Atlanta on December 19th. Uh, Saturday night was indicative of what we've come to know and love here since Tur- since Tua Tungabailoa took over as the quarterback at Alabama, that they are explosive as any team we've ever seen. The receiver play at Alabama, you know, going back uh, as, as far as, I guess, Calvin Ridley, but then ever since the Jerry Judy, uh, Henry Ruggs, now Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, that receiver play is absolutely off the charts. And credit Steve Sarkeesian for, you know, dialing up play after play that gives these guys great opportunities for the explosives. I think Georgia, between now and December 19th, has to figure out, as will any team that will play Alabama down the stretch, you have to score 40 points or more to have a chance because you're not going to contain Alabama. That was on display Saturday night. Well, Ole Miss scored over 40, didn't they? A week ago? They did, but but they also had a defense that ranks dead last. Georgia's defense was terrific for that first half, and yet still there were the big plays. I mean, here comes a corner fire, and the right tackle sees it, gets out, blocks it, and now all of a sudden Meshi, the kid from Canada, puts a little move on the safety and runs right by him. And this is as good a secondary as we'll see in college football. It, it sets up right now to the, to the casual viewer as a Clemson-Alabama thing. Once again, Georgia has between now and December 19th, because I don't think there's a foe in the uh, SEC East that can corral Georgia, they have to figure out how to create more offense. And it'll be interesting to see if they think Stetson Bennett the fourth is that guy to do so. Rick, I'm curious about your opinion of the storyline the whole week leading up to Georgia-Alabama. And that was, of course, whether Nick Saban was going to be able to be on the sidelines after he tested positive the one time for COVID. Everybody had an opinion. Some said, oh, it's, it's a whole lot of deal about nothing. They'll be fine without him. Sarkeesian and this coaching staff will do fine. Others said, no, no, no. Sarkeesian calls plays. It'll be too much for him. They need Nick Saban. It'll have a huge impact. And I was left wondering what the the former college football coach several times over was thinking as we walked our way to game time, the significance of whether Saban being on the sidelines versus him not being on the sidelines. 
Let me answer that question, and then let me give you what my real thoughts on this thing are. The, the question to answer is, what, what is Nick Saban worth on a sideline? I mean, go back to that first Clemson-Alabama national championship game. No one else on that sideline would have called for the popover for fear of, you know, what happens if it doesn't work. Saban saw that his defense was on the ropes, and so he called for it and stole a possession. He has the security. He has the chutzpah, if you will, to do that. that. That's what Nick Saban's worth. He also is going to, you know, drive the coaches as coaches drive players. So he's worth he's, – he's definitely valuable on a sideline. And had he not been there, it, is, it doesn't mean that the outcome would have been different, but there would have been different machinations going on. But the story really was – what we saw with the persona of Nick Saban. Nick Saban is as steely-eyed a guy as exists on the planet. You remember Robert Shaw and Jaws? Yeah. <laughs> Ever seen a shark's eyes, cold, lifeless eyes, like a doll's eyes, right? That's Nick Saban. That's who Nick Saban is. Yeah. And yet, via Zoom, he changed all that. I mean, he actually had a twinkle in his eye. This was a guy we all actually kind of were pulling for that he would be on the sideline. Mm-hmm. It, it was an incredible story to watch over Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Nick Saban's, and then for him to go on the sideline and within a conversation with Jamie Erdahl say it's kind of emotional. Nick Saban emotional? <laughs> Nick Saban with, with, with a tear in his eye? Are you kidding me? As I said on, on the telecast, this, in three COVID tests, he went from Darth Vader to Rudy. It was incredible. It was incredible. And yet we watched it play out in front of our eyes. And I think Nick Saban's persona has gone through the roof. His star could not be brighter. Okay. How about another guy? We just mentioned Sarkeesian. Of course, we know him out here. We know of his trials and his tribulations. We know of his successes. We know of his personal obstacles that many of us have, his flaws. He is now the coordinator of a team that's you know putting up 45, 50 points at will with the greatest set of receivers we've ever seen. What's next for him? Is he, is he, are we going to see him taking over a big college program? Are we going to see him taking over an NFL team? What's next for Steve Sarkeesian? Well, there's no question he'll be in the conversation for big uh, head coaching jobs. There's no question about it. Uh, especially as time has gone on, he's been able to corral his, uh, his issues. There's, there's no question that he has earned the right to get into that conversation. He's turned down some opportunities while he's been at Alabama because like Brent Venables, he has an enviable position. Brent Venables, of course, is the defensive coordinator at Clemson. He knows he's going to get great players to coach, mm-hmm. and as is the case with Steve Sarkeesian, and they're both making north of $2 million a year. So if you can do that, is this not a pretty good gig? And so both those guys are going to have to answer that question as to whether or not they're going to stay in their respective locations or or move on to that head coaching job. But there's no question in my mind Steve Sarkeesian's going to get another chance. Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence, going to be the number one overall pick. You've told us this over and over again in the upcoming NFL draft. He put 73 on the board. against Georgia Tech. He went 22 of 27. And I remember, I'm doing this on memory because I read it the other night. I think it was 22 of 27, 391 yards and five touchdowns in one half of an ACC football game. One half 
of an ACC football game, Rick? The bigger news, Mitch, is he threw a pick. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first interception in a year. And whose record is safe? Whose ACC record is safe as a result of that pick? Do you know that? Only Mitch Mitch Levy knows that. (laughs) Who is it? It would be Russell Wilson, NC State. (laughs) There you have it. You you come to Mitch Unfiltered to get that kind of information. Listen, as impressive as the performance was, the pro scouts are going to have their clickers in their hand as they watch the film, and they're going to be going back and forth on a couple of those throws because they were absolutely breathtaking at any level, including the NFL. And uh, he has solidified his position as the top draft choice. Uh, Trevor Lawrence's life is a good one right now. What would you make the line of Clemson versus Alabama if they played tomorrow night? Clemson minus five, because I think Venable's defense is superior at this time. Now, I think Alabama's athletes can grow into it, maybe minus the defensive lineman. I don't think they're quite as sudden as the Clemson defensive front, but uh Alabama is the back end will be much more polished by that portion of the season than they are currently. But uh, I just think those receivers are superior to anybody else on the planet, at least as we speak today at Alabama. Clemson minus five. What would be the, the, the over under of that game if Rick Neuheisel were in charge? I literally thought this over the weekend. I, I think the line would be 74 and I would take the over. <laughs> What a game. Oh, boy, what a game. Uh, Even though we're kind of tired of seeing the same teams, at least I am, over and over again every single year. All right, Big Ten, Rick Neuheisel. Big Ten. Here it comes. Here it comes this weekend. Anyone a genuine national championship playoff contender outside of Ohio State? Genuine national playoff contender like Penn State or any of these other teams? We will know within two weeks. My guess is no. My guess is no. If Minnesota goes to uh, or, or hosts, who hosts Michigan this week blows the doors off of uh, Michigan and looks fantastic doing it with Tanner Morgan, their quarterback, and we know Tanner Morgan is uh, you know, kind of a sought-after guy at the NFL level as well, as well as the kid Rashad Bateman who's come back. He opted out, now has opted back in. If they have a big game, they got all their offensive linemen back, we would keep our eye on Minnesota. I don't believe it will happen at Penn State. I know Sean Clifford's coming back, their quarterback, but, but Micah Parsons missing on the defense, I think, is a, is a big hit. So I think it's Ohio State. Maybe, and, and I would go as far as to say Jim Harbaugh, if all of a sudden he's landed on a quarterback, we all know that Dylan McCaffrey left the program because he got beat out. If the quarterback that ends up taking the field for uh, Michigan ends up being a star and they blow the doors off of Minnesota, given what I just said about the Golden Gophers, then maybe we'd track them. But right now it's Ohio State and uh, everybody else. He told us South Carolina. That's my high technology bell. I love that. I love that. He told us Coastal Carolina. Where will he go next? Uh, by the way, I have to tell you something. I don't know that anybody would be interested I- I- except for maybe you. As I was preparing for this conversation with you, I noticed my alma mater not only coming <laughs> off of a loss to Liberty, give me Liberty or give me death, I spotted my alma mater a 44-and-a-half-point underdog in the upcoming game against Clemson. Now, I know Clemson is good, 
But when your alma mater that's so lofty in your eyes, when you see a 44-and-a-half-point number against anybody, it's enough to send you to the, the nearest alcoholic beverage. <laughs> that's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, and yet – there's no way, despite your love for that beautiful campus there in upstate New York, would you take the points and take your alma mater in this game? There's no way you'd do it. You can't do it. Oh, And with that, I ask you, send us in the right direction. Send us to the bank in the morning. I am going to do so. It was a, uh, it was a basic off week for the Big 12. Only Kansas and West Virginia played this last weekend. Everybody else took the weekend off. And I'll tell you, there's a team lying in the weeds, Mitch, Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders was hurt on the first series of the first game against Tulsa. He is yet to play since that time. Mm -hmm. They've had a young kid from Norco, California, by the name of Shane Illingworth, that's done a nice job keeping the Cowboys undefeated. They actually host Iowa State this weekend. They do. In a big-time Big 12 game. Yes. I am taking the Cowboys. It seems as if the Cowboys have the recipe for defense in the Big 12. And despite what I think is a really fine player in Brock Purdy for the Cyclones, I'm going to lay the three and a half and take the Cowboys, the Pokes, and treat everybody to Eskimo Joes after the victory. <laughs> Oklahoma State goes to 4-0 at Boone Pickens Stadium. Would you say that they are on a path towards consideration to be one of the final four standing or not? I think they're the only team in the Big 12 that has a shot at it, given the throws of both Texas and Oklahoma. I think this is the team that uh, Bob Bowlesby has to stake his claim with. And I think the Cowboys will keep that dream alive throughout uh, the next few weeks. Okay. And that's your pick right there and then. That's my pick. Now, if you want a little, you want a little <laughs> sprinkle, a little cherry on top, you said, give me liberty or give me death. Lay the 11 and a half and watch the flames go down and take care of Southern Miss. Okay. And is that a Saturday? It must be a Saturday game, right? That's a Saturday yes. game. Okay. Saturday. All right. There it is. We got Liberty and we got Oklahoma State and we got a lot of laughs and a lot of interesting comments from my friend Rick Neuheisel each and every week on Mitch Unfiltered. Great to visit with you. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next week at this time. Always a blast, my friend. Take care. My guy Neuheisel, back on track with his picks, could have hit the trifecta if only Lane Kiffin wouldn't have tanked. Clemson hangs 73 on Georgia Tech. Alabama with a huge second half against Georgia. And the Big Ten and Pac-12 are on the way back. Hey, look who's on Mitch Unfiltered. It's Jordan Flowers of the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage. The fact that you have time to talk to me speaks volumes. You're very busy, you and your team these days. We are incredibly busy, but you know I always got time for you, Mitch. <laughs> Jordan, update me on the numbers. What are people finding through you guys in terms of 30-year fix, primary residence refis? Yeah, people are finding rates in the 25 to 3% range on purchases for their primary residences, and they're finding interest rates in the 275 to 3% range on range firm refis and still 3% or under on cash-out refinances. What number... If I have, does it make sense for me to call you guys or somebody else in your business? What number is too high for us these days in, in, in a 30-year fix, let's say? I really think if you're still sitting at over three and a quarter or so, you should at least give a call and look at what numbers might look at as far as the new 30-year if you want to lower payments or uh, even shortening that term up to a 15- or 20-year option. 
Is the market hot? Yeah, the, the market's incredibly hot. Uh, inventory is still tight, so and buyers are wanting to take advantage of these low interest rates. Buyers are active. Um, housing is low as far as what's out there and available, so it's a, it's a hot market there. And then everybody's calling about refinances, seeing how low they can get their interest rate right now. So I'm a Mitch Unfiltered listener. I'm hearing Jordan Flowers of the Kirkland office at Gill Mortgage talk right now, and I want to connect with you, you or somebody on your growing team. How do I do that? Same two numbers. You can call my office line, 425-250-3145, and either myself or someone on the team will answer. Or you can call me or shoot me a text on my cell phone, 425-890-2957. A great partner, a great sponsor of Mitch Unfiltered, the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage. Unfiltered. You can't enter into the cool months of the fall and the cold months of the winter with a high community infection baseline and looking at the map and seeing the heat map, how it lights up with test positivity that is in more than 30 plus states is going in the wrong direction. It's been months since we've checked in with our friend, Dr. Eric Ding. Eric is a Harvard-educated epidemiologist. He's a senior fellow at the Federation of American Scientists, and he's an all-around nice guy. Hi, Eric. How we doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Hope you're doing well and staying safe. We are. We're trying here in the Pacific Northwest. You know, as fall turns to winter, many of us are praying for our kids to be able to go back to school. This online thing is not working for me. And to go back to team sports the rising numbers don't seem to suggest that we have much of a chance this school year. What do you think? Yeah, I think this fall is going to be completely washed out. We've seen so many sports teams epidemics. We've seen so many college epidemics and even grade school epidemics. These outbreaks are really serious and they're not stopping anytime soon. It's not like we have more rapid tests available. And even then they're not perfect. And it's not like masks have fun, fundamentally changed in terms of our mask wars. They work, but you know half of America don't wear them. So we're stuck in this purgatory, and our, we're getting our third wave, third peak coming up. You said the fall is a washout. How about in terms of youth sports and youth school? How about uh, spring? How about March, April, February 2021? Are we in trouble... F- for that too? I think the spring, we'll have to wait and see. Look, there's a lot of things on the horizon. The vaccine might arrive in mid to late spring, but you know that'll take quite a while to roll out um, before everyone gets it. Only healthcare workers and essential employees might get them before then. And again, are we gonna have, we don't even know what our next coronavirus relief bill looks like. Supposedly it'll include billions and billions for testing and to help schools and businesses go back to work. But right now that's not even on the table. Yeah, yeah. There is this such a big open question mark on so many, you know, mitigation strategies where, you know, what's going to happen after January 20th? Will Biden win the election and fundamentally change everything? Lots of things in yeah. the air. Most scientists, Eric, like yourself, describe winter as a dangerous time with regard to the virus without a vaccine? Is it because we're indoors more? 
Is it because of the cold and flu season? Is it a combination of both? Is it something that I'm not thinking of? Why is winter dangerous with COVID and the like? Yeah, I think those are the two main reasons. The indoor activity leads to more airborne aerosol transmission, which most of the time could have been avoided by being outdoors in the summer and spring. And also the cold uh, season, cold and flu season confuses and makes people much more concerned and hides potential outbreaks as well. All this adds to a plethora of these cases now that are now booming. And I think potentially there are other considerations we don't have on the horizon yet in terms of are are people really, really going to adhere? Because in certain ways, I think the mask wars is getting worse. Uh, you know, the mass denialism, the hoax, uh, whether the deaths are real or not, this denialism and polarization is actually getting worse as we go along. Right. You know, it's Thanksgiving time. It's Christmas time. Have you softened at all your position on travel, on air travel, on hotels, on airports, on airplanes, Eric? I think I'm softer on these uh, in terms of travel. As long as we double mask and include at least one premium mask. And by premium mask, I mean surgical grade or higher. Surgical KN95, not everyone can has access to the original N95, but there's good pseudo replacements for them. The KN95 is a KF94s from Korea. Surgical is much better than cloth because in certain ways, if half the people don't wear masks, then you need to protect yourselves. Uh, and because cloth masks only work if everyone wear them. And so if you double mask with at least one premium mask yeah. and yeah. potentially wear eye shields, I, then I think traveling is potentially okay. Plane? As for visit- Plane is okay? Yeah. How about, how about hotels? Think, how about hotels? Eric? I think a hotel, I think motels are safer and hotels. I think most hotels have pretty good ventilation. As long as you ventilate pretty well, I think, most hotels are safe. Motels are probably better because you don't even go through a lobby at all. Right, right. And so, but visiting grandma is the tricky part. The tests we have, you you really need potentially two tests because, like for example, we know from Kaylee McEnany's positive test and Stephen Miller's positive, they tested her five consecutive days, and it wasn't until the fifth day that they tested positive because it takes a while after you get infected to build up the virus. So in certain ways, you want to make sure you need to do like potentially several tests and isolate yourself for a while before visiting grandma and grandpa, because it's really a a risky thing unless you're absolutely sure you don't have it. And I'm assuming you're going to say the same is true, even though I'm not a grandma or grandpa, I'm not of that age, but I've got a son at the University of Washington who's 20 minutes down the road. He's staying there. He's in the dormitories. He wants to come home every now and again on a weekend. He wants to come home for Thanksgiving. And I'm scared out of my mind, Eric. I, I, you know, I want to test him. But if I test him on a Wednesday and we don't get the results until Saturday and then he comes home on a Sunday, what about between Wednesday and the time that he comes home? So I, I don't know what to do yeah, with that. Yeah, I know. So technically, once you test, you're supposed to quarantine yourself until you get your results, right? And so, and once you get your results, you're supposed to obviously stay really, really safe before you go to your special destination, whether it's a parent's or grandparent's home. 
altogether, it is really, really difficult. And you know, rapid tests are not perfect. PCRs are not perfect. We live in this imperfect world. And this virus has this unique property that A, it doesn't test positive all the time. B, it doesn't show symptoms. And C, you can sometimes be infectious before you can even test positive or show any symptoms. And that's what makes this so insidious of a bug. You just need to take the best precautions and take a multi-layer approach. Don't use a negative test to allow yourself to suddenly go without masks. You still need to take the multi-layered castle you know, Swiss cheese approach. You have to layer it with many other protections. And so definitely wear a mask. Yeah, we're catching up with Dr. Eric Ding, who's been kind to us over the months with this COVID conversation. You know, as the numbers continue to rise, Eric, I know that some hospitals are back in crisis mode in terms of available beds. I saw the Wisconsin governor, as you did. But it doesn't seem nearly as dire as it was many months ago at the beginning, which doesn't make sense to me with cases now over 8 million. The only conclusion that I can come up with is that we must have really improved the early stage of treatment of COVID victims, Mm -hmm. and therefore we're getting people out of hospitals quicker than we were six months ago. Yeah, so I think it's a combination of things. It's true we're testing more, and so we're finding cases much easier than we found them in April when uh, tests were so uh, kind of rate limited. But B, you know, we do really know how to improve uh, survival for this. We do have a lot of drugs uh, and these. We have improved ventilators. We even changed the settings on ventilators. We have actually improved this, uh, survival in many ways. At the same time, you know, deaths will increase. So right now in the third surge, third peak, third wave, whatever you call it, the cases are rising, the hospitalizations are rising again for the first time in months, and deaths will follow because people in June said the same thing. Oh, cases go up, deaths, the hospitals are not going up. Hospitalization went up, but deaths not going up, but deaths will go up. It's inevitable. It's just hopefully that with enough better treatment, the rise in the deaths won't nearly be as bad. But again, there's so many there's so many uncertainties with this because it's not just deaths. It's also the long-term chronic illness, long COVID, long haulers, as you yeah, call it. And yeah. there's a lot of brain fog, heart. lots of other uh, heart damage. Yep. It is, it is not a gentle disease, even if you do survive it. But as I'm hearing you, I, Mitch Levy, at 53 years of age, would have a much better chance of surviving COVID here in October than I would have had in April. Oh, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. In April, it was such a mess in the hospitals because it was such a brand new disease. You know, we didn't know all the clotting that was happening, all the inflammation and that these corticosteroids, the dexamethasone, can save people in the last, you know, bouts of their life fighting against this, you know, cytokine storm. Like all this stuff we now know. Yeah. All back then we didn't know anything. So I think their odds are much better of surviving now. But that doesn't protect you from the chronic uh, symptoms. All right, let's finish with this, Dr. Eric Ting. You're not a sports guy. You and I giggle about that every once in a while. <laughs> but let's use the Kentucky Derby as a model for this next question, okay? The race for the vaccine. I want you to identify the horses that you believe are either in the lead or near the lead, and how close to the finish line of the race 
are we? Like Pfizer and some of those other ones. Right. So the, there's a Pfizer, the Astra, there's the AstraZeneca slash Oxford, and there's the Moderna, and there's also the Johnson & Johnson. And these are just the, the four U.S. funded ones. There's dozens more outside. Uh, I would say there's at least 10 to 12 more outside the U.S. So Pfizer thinks they can get early results earliest. Moderna is also actively enro um, enrolling. The Moderna is aiming for 30,000. Johnson & Johnson is aiming for 60,000. 60,000 um, what? what? What do you mean? Patients. Yeah. Uh, people enrolled in their phase three. Okay. So I think all of the, and AstraZeneca has already started worldwide. They're already on a good path and we might get early. Right? I want to emphasize early results, end of November and sometime in December, but we won't get definitive results until the spring. But if the early results are good enough, they might just approve it right away. But the, the, not all the vaccines are, are the same. Some of them require boosters and some require really, really cold, cryo-cold freezing to maintain the vaccine. Mm -hmm. the, I think the most promising in certain ways in the, is the Johnson & Johnson. The Johnson Johnson one is paused at the moment because of they're investigating one adverse effect uh, potentially that may or may not be due to the vaccine. But the Johnson Johnson one does not require freezing. Refrigeration is enough and it has a three month shelf life in the fridge. While none of the, the those other vaccines have that relaxed standard because they require cryo freezing. And so in certain ways, if the Johnson Johnson one plays out, it could actually be the potentially the easiest to distribute and most widely available. And it's a single dose, while the other ones require boosters later on, a month or I two see. later. I see. So altogether, we just have to see, in the end, we want to see which vaccine works the best. And the WHO COVAX consortium, vaccine consortium, has a lot more than just these four. But, you know, to participate, you have to give up your IP a little bit so that to guarantee, you know, equitable access. But the uh, U.S. is not a part of that. And right now, all of our eggs are in these four vaccines, Got it. Got it. while the rest of the world has access to over a dozen. You mentioned emergency approval. I don't think that typical people like me understand the process after emergency approval. Let's assume the testing of these 30,000 or 60,000 goes well for one of these companies and they get that emergency approval. Let's just say December. OK, what's then the mm -hmm. process, Eric? from December to when <coughs> Mitch Levy and Eric Ding can go out and get a shot? Yeah, assuming it's approved, then they have to ramp up production of it. And not just a few million. We're talking about hundreds of millions, if not billions of doses, How right? How long does that take? That takes months. That's what, you know, we're talking about billions. Because if a vaccine is successful, you really need like billions of people to take it. But in the U.S., for example, you at least need a couple hundred million doses. That's something that takes a quite a while to produce, as well as cryo-freeze and keep that cold chain. So this is why by the time the general public, now healthcare workers and essential employees could get it earlier, but the general public, it's going to have to be late spring, okay. if not summer. Okay. That's okay. the worry. Okay. Final words for our listeners. You always say, you know, mask, 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 wash your hands. Anything else that we should know as we approach winter to stay safe? Yeah, I think it's not just masks, but it's think aerosol, think airborne. This virus is airborne and this it's airborne just by breathing. And I think one of the key things it's hardest to protect is 
public bathrooms. Public bathrooms have some of the worst ventilation and there's toilet plumes. And in certain ways, even if someone left a toilet plume in the, in the bathroom five, 10, 15 minutes before you even entered, you might think you're the only one in the bathroom, but their coronavirus could be floating in the air. Uh -huh. So for the bathroom, I think everyone needs to get premium masks. Everyone I think should get it for, while traveling too. But these premium masks, which you can get from Staples and Amazon, these KN95, KF94s, I think those are what you need to do before you A, travel, or B, enter public bathrooms. These aren't the ones and with the shields, are they? You're not talking about the ones with the shields. We're not talking about face shields. It's just a more premium quality mask okay. that's not just cotton. Okay. So these premium masks, I think, together – offer way more protection because cloth masks only catch your droplets. They don't really stop uh, you inhaling others or other particles in the air. And this airborne virus is so insidious that, and so not enough people wear masks that I think you really need to self-protect rather than community protect. And, and, and remind, what did you say the names of these masks are, the numbers on these masks at Staples, yeah, the so, premium ones? So, yeah, the Supreme staple cells, for example, KN95, King Nancy 95. Um, and Amazon, you can also find these KF, King Frank 94s from South Korea. The problem is a lot of KN95s are fake, but hopefully if you buy them from Staples, they're the real deal. And the KF 94s are from actually from South Korea, which are really good quality. Okay. Uh, they actually have a good fit and uh, are pretty comfortable to wear, uh, unlike most other masks. So in, in many ways, these masks are actually really good and they're premium filtration and protects you way more. Uh, it protects you when you inhale other people's Got air. Got it. Got it. Great to hear your voice, Eric. Thank you for doing it. Let's check sure. in a month or two. Good to hear your voice. Thank you. Stay safe. Good to hear from Dr. Eric Ding, the Harvard epidemiologist. Sounds like we'll all need to do our part this winter. And then maybe some light is at the end of this long tunnel coming early to mid-2021. Evergreen CEO Tyler Hay is back with us on Mitch Unfiltered. Great partner. Hey, Tyler, how's everything at our favorite Premier Wealth Manager? And kudos to you on your Lakers pick on Mitch Unfiltered and your Seahawks choice so far. So far. Long way to go in the NFL. Uh, Mitch, it's going fine. 2020 has been a year of, of one day at a time for us and probably for your listeners. So... Uh, we're doing great. And as far as the picks go, it's nice to get a little redemption because when I made them, I didn't feel like I got a lot of love from you. It was Homer this and oh, LeBron that. And we'll see. That defense, though, that defense of the Seahawks needs to get a little healthier, a little bit better if I'm going to go two for two. When you think of a financial advisory firm, Tyler, stocks and bonds advice and investments immediately come to everybody's mind. But Evergreen does for clients, it goes way beyond that, right? Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, I think when people think about wealth management or a financial advisor, they think about stocks and bonds and those types of things. But really, that's kind of in the ninth inning. You know, people have a lot of life events that lead up to the point where they have wealth that needs to be managed. So whether they're going through a divorce, whether they're selling a business, whether they're considering selling a business, whether they're inheriting money, there's a whole bunch of life events that go on prior to actually managing the money. And we help people navigate those challenges far before they're actually the money's in their hands. Tax accounting and prep is now a layer also of Evergreen Golf Call, correct? 
Correct, Mitch. On July 1st, we closed on Sterling Cooter, so we now have a tax advisory component to our firm, so clients don't have to play quarterback in between their financial advisor and their CPA and making sure all the documents go back and forth. We just handle it for them. So for Mitch Unfiltered listeners to find out more about Evergreen Golf Call, they've heard about you for years now on our on our podcast. Start with the website. Start with the newsletter. Yeah, they can go to the website and read the newsletter. That gives them a little bit of uh, insight into how we think. And then there's also a, a client uh, compatibility survey that, that kind of helps us identify who might be a good fit for us. Evergreen Golf Call and Tyler Hay and the whole crew with offices along the West Coast. It's terrific to have them be a partner of Mitch Unfiltered. Evergreen Golf Call, a premier wealth manager in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Episode 113, the other stuff segment. Hope everybody hung in there with three interviews. We had the note table. We had Rick Neuheisel and his picks. And we had Dr. Eric Ding on the on the COVID-19 situation. Yep. The family, our family has decided to take a trip, our first ever trip out of the country. We've never gone out of the country as a family oh, okay. or any of us. Well, I guess when I was a kid, I went out of the country, but never as a family. Okay. And we've decided kind of in part for my, my wife's 50th birthday, we're going to do a big trip to Europe during the summer right. next year. So we are getting way ahead and doing plane reservations and hotels and itineraries and which countries are going to. I'm trying to figure out how we do the podcast. Maybe you'll come sit in this chair oh, and yeah. I'll do the podcast from like Germany or something and we'll <laughs> we'll do the, the technology. But the whole thing, I'm doing this whole thing with in the back of my mind, like asking myself, yep. are we even going to go? Are we going to have to cancel everything? So we have to make every reservation, every hotel reservation, every plane reservation, every activity reservation, everything has to be cancelable. Is that a word? Cancelable. Sure. Because I I don't know where we're going to be in the summertime, whether it's going to be safe to travel, the family. So I don't know. I, too, try to not fall victim to wishful thinking making something true yeah because I'm, I'm the same way i want to i want to go do stuff right i'm going to idaho i told you with for piper's basketball like but 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 the thing about this is is that idaho you can kind of do it the last minute you can't like yeah everything has to be refunded and you, yeah, you can't pain. just put together a a, a three-week trip to europe like two weeks before you got to do it now i mean you got to do it you got to yeah you, you know yeah. make sure that you go where you want to go and put a lot of thought into it only to maybe cancel it at the end i don't know people are flying i see on facebook oh, every yeah. day but oh, yeah. people they are, are flying and let's hope it'll and be dr safe ding and dr ding just you know, listen to the segment dr ding just talked about that he's softening a little bit on the problems of flying if you okay. are willing to wear a really good maybe double mask a really good mask i guess some of these masks now that you get it that he said you get at Staples and on Amazon, if you get the right ones, they not only protect others from you, they protect you from others if you get the right mask. He insists on getting the right mask. Go back and listen. You'll go back and you'll listen to yeah. Dr. Ding um, talk about the safety of air travel and hotels and all that stuff. Anyway. All right, well, if there isn't enough to worry about with COVID, are you familiar with Neil deGrasse Tyson, astrophysicist, one of the smartest people ever? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm not... It, I, yes, I know, you know who he is. I know yeah, of him, okay. yes. Well... He's warning us that an asteroid may be heading for our planet before Election Day, but it's probably not going to kill us. You feeling good about this? The, f- <laughs> the famed astrophysicist posted a photo of this giant rock hurtling towards Earth with the caption, Asteroid 2018, it's a refrigerator-sized space rock. And it's going to hit when? 
Well, it's hurtling towards the U.S. at more than 25,000 miles an hour. Okay. And they say it could hit yes. on November 2nd. Of this year. Correct. Right before the election. Okay. Can you tell me where in the United States it's going to hit? Ah, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Because I would like to be somewhere other than that particular place at well, that time. That's, it says <laughs> this thing won't do any damage. I bet if it hit my house, it would do some damage. It hit you in the <laughs> noggin? What if, it hit, what if you're taking the dog for a walk? Or I'm taking the dog for a walk, and it hits you in the noggin. No damage. I, 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 come, come on. I, I, a refrigerator? Is it a refrigerator? A refrigerator-sized rock coming at, at that speed? At 25,000 miles an hour. Could you imagine if it hit me in the schnoz? Well, <laughs> that, that might be a push, but... <laughs> Come on. Uh, so NASA confirmed it's on trajectory to possibly hit the U.S., but they are saying there are three possible points of impact, but they weren't specific. So sleep tight, everybody. There you go. All right, I'm up. You and I both watched Saturday Night Live. Correct. Did you watch last week's Saturday Night Live? Correct. Well, last this most recent one. Yeah, the most recent yeah, yeah, one, yeah. yeah. Is it me? Am I out of touch? <laughs> or are they... Are they settling on hosts of the show. This is the second week in a row. They had a comedian on last week. I don't, know who that, I don't know who that was. Yeah. And then they had an actress on, who I liked very much, by the way. She's I liked really her, good. Yeah, yeah, and she's very pretty. Easy on the very eyes, pretty. yeah. I don't know who Issa or Issa Rae is. Do you, do, you, do you know who this person is? I didn't. Have I lost complete touch with <laughs> pop culture, or are they just like bringing people out of the woodworks? Who are these people? Who was the, who was the comedian last, last week? Bill Burr. He's about, he's A-list. He's, oh, he's, he is. He's big time. Oh, I don't He's know. big time. How could, if he's big time, how, how have I never heard of him? Whether you think he's funny or not, he, he is, he could sell lots of tickets. He's okay. very, Boston very Boston guy, maybe? He's a Boston guy for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 And who is Issa Rae or Issa Rae? I had never heard of her and I, I had the same thought. And this is like the third episode of the season. Don't they go for the, for the big timers? Are they I, having trouble not getting that, people Not in that or? I have any any problem with her, but I, the fact is that I don't know the names. I ask my wife or my kid, who's hosting Saturday Night Live this week? And they say, Issa Rae. Or yeah. Issa Rae. I'm like, who? Do your kid, did your kid know who it is or no. your wife? No. Yeah. I don't think so. And then she said she was on a show for four years. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself. <laughs> I have no really? idea. Really? I had no people. idea who she was either. Anyway. Justin Bieber, I know. Yes. Yeah. He should have been the host and she should have been the musical act. <laughs> that would have been not yet. Yeah, he, he seems funny. He seems hilarious, I Justin Bieber. I just, I just... I start to think to myself that I am completely out of touch. That some like there was this thing on Sunday. I, I'll try to remember the name. Aaron Rodgers did a touchdown celebration in the Green Bay Tampa game I for saw a touchdown that. that actually got called back. It didn't even count. Okay, but he did something that every that social media was a buzz. Everybody was talking about something Kringleberry, Dingle Kringleberry, or Kingle, no Kringle and everybody's like, "Oh, he did the Dingle Kringleberry." Everybody's like, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm looking around going, what? what? Yeah. Did I miss a memo? Who, who right. is this? I don't know. Hingle Kringleberry. I Dingle saw it Kringleberry. trending and I didn't dig in. I have I don't know. absolutely no idea what anybody's talking about. It's yeah. like they're talking forever. I'm telling you, the Twitter sphere, I mean. <laughs> yeah, it was trending. It was, like, it was trending. I mean, yeah. it's huge because Aaron Rodgers did the Dingleberry or the Kringleberry. <laughs> I don't know I don't if know. it's called Dingleberry. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Something like that. Kringleberry right. or yeah, something Yeah, it is like kind of like that. Did, yeah, you don't still know. don't know? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. I have no idea. Now, I started to feel the way you're feeling about the musical guests on SNL. I started getting kind of bummed out. And oh, feeling that happened to me in 1986. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that when Sammy be- Davis's group stopped coming in, <laughs> right. and they started having like a lot more hip, you know, like the Madonnas of the world. I didn't know who those people the were. The Madonnas. <laughs> 36 years ago. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you're up. Go ahead. So quick update on the plastic crown I told you about that Biggie Smalls wore in that iconic photo shoot in 1997. Yes. 
I said it was going to go up for for auction. Yeah. Well, Sotheby's auction house predicted the crown would sell for you know two three hundred thousand. Sold for five hundred ninety four thousand dollars. A plastic crown that I think the photographer said he bought for five dollars in New York City right before the photo shoot for him to wear. Over half, I mean, almost $600,000 for a yeah. plastic crown. Guinness said the crown signed by the rapper and the photographer set a record for the most expensive fancy dress slash costume crown sold at auction. All so right, what go. do you think about this one? Boston's Elena Pinto, a news anchor, a newswoman in Boston, Massachusetts, okay. from Channel 7 in Boston, has been fired. Oh, boy. For appearing in a new Adam Sandler movie without the channel's permission uh. without her boss's permission something called hubie halloween that's going to be on netflix an adam sandler show already seen it it's awesome oh i, I thought it was going to be out yeah. it's out now it's out yeah okay hubie halloween a netflix show uh she did a cameo she did a quick a quick uh, acting spot in that movie and they immediately fired her from the newscast. She wrote, Hi, friends. I have some news to share. Earlier this week, I was let go from 7 News. I'm posting this because I want to be open and honest with all of you. Last year, I participated in a cameo in the recently released Netflix movie by Adam Sandler, Hubie Halloween. In doing so, I mistakenly violated my contract with the station, and I understand why management unfortunately chose to terminate me. I'm oh. deeply disappointed and saddened, and I hoped this would not be how things evolved. Do we know what the scene was? I mean, was it well, racy? You saw, or, you saw, you, I don't know who it is. I, mean, I don't think so. I th just playing I, herself, maybe? I, I read the articles, and I think it would have said if it was racy or, yeah. or, or some sort of R-rated scene. Oh. But I think it was just her appearing without the permission of the, the TV station. I think How do you feel about that? Well, if, if, she was, if she was acting, if she's like not, not giving her opinion in real life, right, I mean, right. she's... She's acting. I don't think she has to run. Does she have to run that by her yeah, boss? Yeah, I, I, I think if you have a contract, an employment contract, uh. you probably... But is it grounds for dismissal? Do you suspend her? Do you say, hey, come on, don't do that anymore. At least ask us before you go do these well, things. I, we love firing people. We love it. With I don't 40 know. million people on unemployment. It, it, Why are we this, firing everyone? This feels... And I, I don't know her. I, if you showed me a picture of five women, I would not know her. I would not be able to pick her out. Sure. So I don't know her. I don't know the network. But this... this Feels to me like they didn't love her in the first place for uh, whatever reason. Okay. I mean, let's assume your money-making number. This sounds like the Emmett Smith treatment. Remember the story of I've told you the story before of of, of Jimmy Johnson. Oh right, Jimmy Johnson cutting a guy because he fell asleep <laughs> in a room yeah. in a in a team meeting, and somebody asked Jimmy Johnson, "What would you?" And it was a a lesser guy that was probably not going to make the team anyway. Yeah. And 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 somebody asked him what you would do if the same if it was Emmett Smith who fell asleep, <laughs> yeah. and he said, "I would walk up to him, whisper in his ear, Emmett, wake up.' Exactly, <laughs> that's what I would do. Yeah, sure, okay." It feels like that if this were, and I don't know who she is. Maybe somebody would tell me from Boston. Oh my God, she is that whole network. She's the whole newscast. She's the, the identity of that station. I don't know. It it feels like that if if this were the star, the breadwinner, the one who they market, yeah. you know, the one, the face of the, that they would not fire them, whether it's male or female, for doing something like this. If anything, you'd think they would love the publicity. Isn't that cool? One of our one of our newscasters is in a, in a yeah, movie. Yeah, they and for all I know, they would have said, okay, go do it. Yeah, right. I'm not saying they wouldn't have said, go do it. Yeah. They're saying, you've got to ask us first. You can't catch us by <sighs> surprise. We can't be turning on Netflix to watch Adam Sandler and see our news anchor. <laughs> yeah. Okay, without us knowing. <laughs> but is it grounds for dismissal? I don't know. I don't think it is. 
I don't think it's grounds for. All right. You remember Tab from 1970s and 80s, the, the soft drink Tab? Yes, I drank it. I had one last week. Yeah, well, they, they, they made it. They still make it. Do they really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was the diet. It was the first diet, one of the first diet colas. There you go. Right? It was their first diet cola. I think it was before Diet Coke came out. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It was Coke's first diet cola. It was yeah. big. My grandma from Tupelo, Mississippi loved Tab. But even after Tab's market share dwindled to almost nothing, they kept it going for decades because they had a fiercely devoted base known as Tabaholics, which I think is kind of funny. But- Sentimental value doesn't go as far as it used to in 2020. They are getting rid of it. They're slashing Sorry to hear that. 500 brands. So that's that's more than half. They're, if you want to know what else they're getting rid of, Diet Coke, Feisty Cherry, Sprite Limonade, Coke Life. You love Coke Life? <laughs> and uh, let's see what else. Yeah, I don't know. Those are three that I have. So goodbye, Tab. Nice knowing you. Kind of sad. That was a big part of my childhood. I mean, that was- How like, about Dr. Pepper? Remember David Naughton singing Dr. Pepper songs as he as he danced down the street, the the old commercials? David Naughton? Yeah. I don't know who that do you, is. Do you remember the actor? Do you remember a, a movie called American Werewolf Goes to London? American Werewolf in London. Or, Mar- John Landis. I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. American Werewolf in London. Yeah, the yeah. main star's name is David Naughton. He's the main star. I think he's the guy that turned, doesn't he turn into a werewolf? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he, he was also in a doc, a series of Dr. <laughs> Pepper commercials where they where they dance down the street singing, I drink Dr. Pepper, don't you know? I'm part of an original <laughs> oh, show. Man. You can't you can't That's picture the me. Dr. Pepper commercials? No. Of David Naughton dancing down the street with all the people? Everybody's like dancing, going down. Why David Naughton? Because of his one role, or no, what? no, no. It was before. I think. I think. It was oh, rehearsed. he was just an actor. Yeah, he was an actor. And gotcha. He, yeah, I, I love those commercials. Nah, I, I can't picture that. Okay. This is kind of a bummer. Ex Angel staffer. I thought I was. Up. Oh, sorry, I didn't know you had. Are you gonna do the Angel staffer that was? Do you have it too? I had it too. That was indicted for the. Yeah. For supplying. Go ahead. You can do it. Yeah, I know. Well. Yeah, I mean, it's a bummer for everybody involved. It's, I mean, the guy died in the hotel right. room. What yep. was the guy's name again? Tyler Skaggs. Tyler Skaggs. Yeah. And the PR guy. I think he's a PR guy. Right? Like, yeah, he's in the communications he's department. Angel's employee, but yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, for supplying. He was indicted for supplying the, the, the drugs that may have killed the, uh, the Angel's pitcher. This one's a bummer, too. I was kind of on the fence about bringing this up. Did you know that we will have on December the 8th in the United States the first federal, not state, federal female execution since 1953 the country is going to wow. is going to execute a female the country not the statewide there's been women there have been women who have died uh, who have been um, executed in state on state on the state level yeah. this will be the first federally mandated execution of a female since 1953 her name is Lisa Montgomery i didn't know that do you know what she did no. Have you not read up read up on it? She kidnapped a woman, killed her, and then stole her unborn baby. Let that marinate for a second. Oh. Kidnapped a woman in Missouri, I think, killed her, and then stole her unborn baby. I'm not going to go into the details of how she did that. Well, I think we can... Okay. Do that, Matt. Okay. And she she was tried, she was convicted, she was found guilty, and she's now been sentenced to 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 die on December the eighth in Indiana. Uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. Terre Haute. Terre Haute, Indiana. And I don't know. Can we get back to the uplifting Tyler Skaggs story? (laughs) I I mean, goodness gracious. I'm just that is a crazy story though. Like so how old's the baby? 
I'm the baby wondering. is alive. I think the baby lived, yeah. and I think the baby is li- well. This happened in 2004, so okay. we can do it. You can do the math. 16, 15, year old 16 kid. years old. This happened in 2004. Right. Wow, that's right. a crazy story. Right. 2008. And 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 just to tell you how warped I am, the fact that whoever was her attorney, I don't know who was her attorney during the. I, I didn't follow the process and the trials and yeah. and all the things that came along with it, but the fact that the attorney, her attorney could not win some accommodation for reason by insanity. I mean, mm. I, mean how, how, I know how do you, I mean, what, how good of an attorney do you need to be? And I'm not saying she deserved to get off or get out of jail. He, he argued his attorney, her attorney argued that she should have life in jail. She's willing to write, sign off. She was willing to sign off on life in prison. She just, he just didn't think that she should be executed. She said she would lose her life because of reasons of insanity. And he couldn't even win that. Somebody that would do something like this, yeah. it shouldn't be that difficult to win some sort of a layer of accommodation by reason of insanity. Right. If my life was on the line, but yeah. the only way I could live was to do that, I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> like, I, I, I could never, on, in, under any circumstance, do that. So yeah, you'd, have, you'd think she would be insane or they would look at her as... Some, don't you think? Yeah. Anybody who would do something like that? Ugh. It's not going to help her. December the 8th. Well, now i got to transition December to the 8th. A, to a, to a dog up, dying, tempo, <laughs> playing this freaking sad stories, I'm and done. I got to do out. this. I'm out. All right, I'm, not, I'm honestly not trying. A Florida woman arrested, oh, stop it. arrested for trespassing, was hit with a second criminal charge when, after being asked to identify herself, she repeatedly told cops that her name was "My Butt Just Farted." Record show. What? That's what she told cops. Her name was. Her name is "My Butt Just Farted." That's on the police report. Melinda Lynn Guerrero, 33, was collared Wednesday evening when refusing to leave a mobile gas station in St. Petersburg. Okay. Yeah, your, your people. Yeah. Following her arrest, she refused to provide her name to police. So according to a criminal complaint, cops asked multiple times, but the defendant repeatedly said, my, my name, name is, is my, my butt, butt just farted. farted. <laughs> Sorry. The fact that they, somebody had to write that down on the police report, their little handwriting. Officers oh, subsequently identified her, uh, likely due to the fact that her photo and fingerprints are on file in connection with some other arrests. Yeah. Oh, also, she had Guerrero tattooed on her back. God. <laughs> Police noted that Guerrero may have been under the influence of drugs and alcohol. May, may, <laughs> may have, right? May have been. May have been. <laughs> Charged with trespassing and providing a false name to law enforcement. Yeah. Both are misdemeanors. She was released yesterday or not yesterday a couple days ago uh, from the county jail on her own recognizance okay i don't know what name she came out under though i'm curious her own recognizance now is is my butt the first name yeah it's a great just question. is the middle name and farted is the is the last name it must be yeah she okay. has, i think she has two middle names yeah okay yeah, yeah. i got it i got it it's hard this is hardly the end of the usual suspects movie yeah but in her defense she was at a gas station <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there you go. And there's my beep. Police were suspicious at first because that name didn't pass the smell test. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if she can change her name to my butt just farted, I'm changing mine to my stomach has abs. That's my new name. I could have got a lot dirtier. <laughs> this, this story is. Uh, all right. And finally, my first thought when reading what her name yeah. is was, yeah. oh, cool. I have a relative in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm done. But you know, the, 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 they did this story on the news. 
Moments for customers at a Kansas Home Depot. Police responded to reports of a bomb threat at the store in Wichita. A customer alerted employees. A man inside the bathroom said there was a bomb in the building. Police were able to locate the man responsible for those comments, and that man told police he warned other guests to leave the restroom because he was, quote, uh, fixing to blow it up, but had no intention of causing a panic. Man also told police others in the room laughed, understanding his joke, which I'm just now getting. <laughs> Home Depot says they will not be pressing charges. But I can tell you right now, you asked the producer for me to read that, didn't you? <laughs> to Ethan now, please. No. <laughs> No, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. Uh, Are you an Anchorman guy? Do you like that movie Anchorman? Did you ever see Anchorman? I saw it. I saw it. It was okay. Will Ferrell. I'm the same way. It's fine. People think it's the funniest movie of all. It's just not my kind of humor. But there is that scene where they just put a bunch of random things in the teleprompter. (laughs) And he's so used to just reading the teleprompter. And she kind of was that too. I'm just reading words for a living. And then it Uh, hit her. Hilarious. Okay. Episode 113P this Thursday for the patrons. Buy your Seahawks stuff at half price for the rest of the month of October. And then the deal is gone. You can get your code on the Patreon site. Make sure you get in your picks. Uh, Beat the Boys, presented by Fireside Home Solutions. And the code word is... The code word is... Beano. B-E-A-N-O. K-sensitive? No, not K-sensitive at all. (laughs) Just sensitive. Seahawks against the Cardinals next week. We got to, at some point, maybe on 113P, we got to talk about how the NFL... The NFL put out a schedule where the Cardinals play on Monday night and then have to play on Sunday, the short week, the dreaded short week, against a team that had a bye that's on 14 (laughs) days rest. What's wrong with that picture? That sucks. You would think that that, I mean, you would think that a schedule maker would say, okay, we're not going to have that. Yeah. It shouldn't be that hard just to make sure that there's never a time a team has to play a team off of a Monday night game yeah. where you had – I mean, I'm not complaining as a Seahawks fan. Sure. Come on. That's a, yeah. The Cardinals on a short work week against a team that's coming off a bye? It sucks. It sucks. Come on. That's, that's not fair. Yeah. No anyway, good. Anyway, uh, that's it. Anything more? Nothing else. Very good on the when, when is that wild card two coming on on HBO? No, no, not HBO. It's, it's not on HBO. Betamax. Oh, uh, <laughs> public library system. <laughs> laser disc. Remember the big laser disc? <laughs> so you look look for that then. Uh, yeah. Episode one thirteen. <laughs>